What do you mean no? I like it. No! Oh. Hi, I'm Steve Ferroni. This is Game Changers. And I'm here with Vicky Averson. I've got to ask you a lot of questions tonight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, St Steve's in the house, as you can see. I that got, wasn't exactly what... I got my veterans hat on. He's got, and, and while we're doing that, I just want to give a shout out to Rick Smolke. He's the guy... Rick Smolke, make, do, you, do you ever like need anything printed? Like, do you have business cards? You don't need business cards. You're like a drummer. What, what, you don't need anything printed. Everything's online. But some people need things printed. Look at these cool things. You'll be on my next tissue box. And, and I have these very cool bookmarks. And Rick does all kinds of like corporate things. But if you need anything done, Rick Smolke of Quick Impressions in Chicago is like this? the best. You I have. He's, he's my guy. And he and he is such a fan of yours. And Rick is like the nicest guy that ever was. Hi, Rick. Hey, Hope, would you do me a favor? There's a, a thing of hairspray on the table in there, and I forgot to bring it in, and it says oh, fuck off on it. You had to bring up hairspray. You had to bring up the hair. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Right, we're going to talk mm. about that. Thank you so much. Um, so, so we have um, Hope George is with us today. Um, Pete's lovely daughter. Pete is here, and we'll we'll get them on camera. Uh, you know, I should have brought you. Come on, say hello, Hope. Come so say hello. look at our, our so look at our beautiful. No, you don't. You look beautiful. Look at Young, Hope George. She's gorgeous. <laughs> this is the daughter of Pete. Come here, Pete. Let's get everybody in. We'll get the whole book in. There's Pete George is here. Hey. Uh, what gig you got, Pete? Uh, headlining the Avi Casino in Laughlin on April 5th, and then a few other places, but I can't remember right now. Okay, so thank you for- Of course, thank, love that. thank you for bringing me the news for me. you going to Laughlin? He, yeah, I'm going to Laughlin. Yeah, yeah Laughlin, Nevada. Yeah. Um, so aside from, from, from uh, Rick, all right, so now- She doesn't know what to do. All right, you can go now. <laughs> hairspray. Uh, hair, so look at the name of the hairspray though. <laughs> right? Okay, so it's Hair Crush Love and it's Fuck Off. And this is Nicole Venables, the coolest hairdresser in the world, who is going to be dressing me on Saturday because um, I need it bad. But anyway, fabulous. So do you say water. things, you give that to somebody and say, like, go fuck off yourself? There you go. Sounds very Italian. <laughs> go, fuck, um, go fuck off of yourself. Um, so, Why are you calling my dog fuck off? <laughs> so so now okay so now that we've so last time so so what happened steve steve was supposed to be here about six weeks ago and I pete forgot. and i are sitting here i forgot and you just forgot i just I, but come I on no i have no excuse but you, you i have no excuse i don't even know what i was doing i i just forgot i just it just and then i was just messing around and then i looked at and i, and I thought oh let me get, and i went to my i went to my my calendar and i went Oh, <laughs> oh man. So he, I called. He literally called one minute after Pete and I went off the yeah. air, which was fabulous time. And you were pissed. <laughs> you were so pissed. No, I was really. Yeah, you gave, me, you gave me that. I have never. You gave yeah. me the I have never talked. <laughs> well, no one I ever. I have never had this happen no. to me before. Nobody's ever done this to no me. No one ever has. Wait, I'm looking to see who's here. Okay, no one had ever done it. I don't know. Hi, Delson. That's an interesting name that you have there, Delson. I've never heard that Isn't name that before. Oh, no, that's, that's the wrong thing. That's mm. Gelson's. That's right. Um, so, all right. So, Steve. Yeah. You've never done that for a gig, I'm sure. I did do it on purpose. No, I know you didn't do it on purpose, but I mean, you, have you ever missed a gig because you were you just forgot? Uh, no. But I, I'm, I'm, I, I, have, I almost missed a gig once because I misread flight itinerary I got the AM PM thing mixed up and but I made the gig you made the gig only just only just 
I actually, I, it actually had started. I missed one song. Did, with Jeff, wait, they, with Jeff Gollum. You remember Jeff Gollum? I was going to ask you. I love Jeff Gollum. Everybody loved Jeff Gollum. What was not to love? He was, a great he was such a yeah. sweetheart. Yeah, he was. Yeah. And we played this. We played wait a minute. So they played the first song without a drummer? They played the first. No, they had somebody else. Oh, somebody oh. else got to sit in, and then no one. Because I was going to say I that. I rolled up and grabbed the glory. <laughs> so, and also, we were talking earlier that, that you're a sober gentleman. I'm a sober woman. And you don't miss your morning meeting either, do you? No, no. I'm a daily meeting girl. So, and, and tell, tell the people what time you go to your meeting. At 7.15 in the morning on weekdays. Well, you know, they would argue about that because I'm usually late. But I, oh. I, I'm, I, actually, it's my job to be late. It's my job to be late too. Yeah, because with the, okay, uh, where I go, to, where I go to, you know, they, it's, it's like I show up late and then I share for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> You're my kind of meeting guy. And some people say, "Wow, I showed up late. Where is he allowed to say anything?" <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm that guy too. Yeah, it's, it's I, I, I do that too. My job to do. Um, Scott Krantz, do you know Scott from New York? No. He was a, uh, uh, he worked, he worked all the clubs. Yeah. Um, he did? Yeah. threw me out of the club. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, I can't get, I can't get this thing to work. It's making me crazy. All right, so you get up mm. at 7.30 in the morning, no matter what. No matter what the gig, no matter no, what get, the party. I, I usually get up at 6 in the morning. You get up at 6 in the morning. Why do you get up at 6 in the morning? I just wake up. It's just your... I sit, I sit with some windows so I can see the sun and it wakes me up. And so what do you do at six o'clock in the morning? Uh, well, I have a cup of tea, okay. maybe some toast, mm -hmm. watch uh, BBC a little bit, see how Brexit's going. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, wander around the house. Do you, have, do you I meditate? Have, I have, mm, not really. I'm no. a terrible meditator. No, no. I, there, there, I have a, there's a thing Calm. on- Calm. I have calm. I just fit, there's a there's a there's a three minute meditation on here that I can do if I feel like. I do I do the daily minute, but you know Moby just released music only for, he released an entire album just for the app Calm to oh, yeah. help put pe people to sleep, and I have a lot of trouble going to sleep. Yeah. And it's like you know Moby's like sort of electronic music. I know. But Moby. I, I I heard him on the radio once. I he's was so very disappointed in him. Really? Yeah. Why? How? Why so? Well, okay. Yeah, I don't know if Moby's watching your podcast. Maybe he is, but you know, I, 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 I'd, be, I'd be happy to explain it to him. You know, he, he, <laughs> I, I want to hear. He said this thing about uh, uh, small movie makers. Uh, there was. He was talking about. Um, he knew a lot of independent filmmakers mm -hmm. that had small budgets, like a million dollars or something like that. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and um, and they needed music, and they didn't. They were complaining about having to pay musicians music to do this thing. So what he did was he created a site for them where they could yes. just go and get their music for free. Well, basically, there's a lot of people that make money. Oh, from that. I well, see what you're <laughs> saying. Well, yeah. all right, I and, see. Uh, I see and, from and, two sides. And, 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 and you know, movie makers tend to wait until the last minute to think, oh, this would look great if we had the right music, and then they don't want to pay anybody. So I, it's, uh, it's kind of like their own fault, you know. Um, I, I think maybe you should have educated them a little bit more about putting aside a little budget for me. Not a huge budget, but a little budget. Musicians help people out. Okay, I totally see your point. Mm. When I heard Moby mm. talk about it, 
I thought that was a really cool thing because I know a lot of independent I filmmakers. But, but, I get, <laughs> but I get it, and you guys are kind of getting screwed but all over the not place. Not that Moby really cares about what I think. <laughs> well, 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 no, but I, you have a, I can't get this to do this, you, but you have a very valid point that musicians, it's hard enough, this is just not, I can't, nothing's happening, I'm, I'm hey, touching I'm it, in the past. We're, we're there, but I, I can't get it to like do what it's supposed to do, uh. it's, it's just not happening, so we're just going to, leave it, it's going, it's, it's going, anyway, I, it. I can see over here who's, who's hanging, oh, there's a huge fan of yours, Really? Uh, I want to say hi to Britt Marie Trace. Hi, Britt! Hi. Britt Marie, she's a huge fan of the Heartbreakers. Oh. Like, huge, huge, huge. And and when she saw that you were going to be on, she got really excited. And and, and my cousin, Sh Sherry's on. Uh, hi. I, you know, the Heartbreakers are the, uh, what we call the Petty Nation. She's probably Petty Nation. She's pro yeah, yeah, she and, is. Uh, and, uh, you know, we love you. That's uh, that's one thing i got to say. The Petty Nation. Hardcore so, fans, yeah, and, and, millions, and, and so supportive, and 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 um, I would say that they were they were very caring, uh, loving to us when uh, Tom passed. They were they were they weren't um, overly dramatic. They were they were just uh, really solid. You know, uh, they show up and and uh, not, not a whole bunch of like. Fake stuff went on. It was it was it was just like really wonderful. I really loved. It. I wasn't going to start here because I was going to get to it, but since we're here now, yeah. um, so that that's a life that's that's a heartbreaker and a life changer for you. Absolutely, twenty five um, years. I, I, I can't. I, I can't even. Uh, did you see that coming? No, not at all. No, no. It was. It was. It was. It was it was a uh, uh, Benmont called me actually on the on the Sunday night. I was I was uh, I'd, I'd gone to bed early. I was in San Francisco. I'd gone to bed early and I, I, I you know I wake up sometimes I sleep about four hours and then I wake up and then I watch TV for a bit and go back to sleep. And I flipped on the TV and uh, there was the horrific shootings happening in uh, in Las Vegas. And oh, I, and I was, oh, it was that day. Yeah, that night, and I'm sitting there stunned watching this this and I couldn't believe the sound of the of the of the yeah, guns, yeah. The, the, just the sound of it, and it, and it must have been like shooting into pea soup. You know, you can't miss any. You got to hit right, something. Right, right. It stunned me completely, and, uh, and I'm sitting there. My phone rang, and it was a, it was charging across the, the room in this hotel room, and I, and, I, and I thought, oh, it's just somebody from England calling up. Are you there? Oh, wondering that if you were in Vegas, yeah, you mean? Uh, oh, yeah. I'd say, uh, too much drama. <laughs> <laughs> and then it stopped ringing and started ringing again immediately, and uh, uh, that that piqued my curiosity as to who that was. And then I went over and I looked, and it was Benmont. So I answered the phone and said, "Hey, Ben, you and and, um, and he said something about somebody that had a heart attack and gone, and 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 I I heard it, but it didn't register. Mm -hmm. And I and I was and I was grasping, trying to grasp who it was that had happened. And Ben's wife was pregnant, uh, uh, Alice. And I said, Alice had a heart attack. And he's like, No, no, Tom, Tom's gone. You know, and, I was like, and that was the beginning of um, uh, hell. Mm. That's, uh, uh, How that do you a, even? You, you don't. I mean, it's, it just didn't seem. It was. It was very hard to. It just didn't compute because the last time I saw him was after the. Um, I was going to say how how much before that 
Uh, this week before, the week before, the week before we were the, the, we did the Hollywood Bowl, and uh, oh and right, I, I know a lot of people that were there then. Yeah, and that. then we went up to I went I went uh, up to his hotel. Me and my girlfriend and uh, and uh, some friends of uh, Dana was there and mm -hmm. and um, and uh, a couple of friends from 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 Malibu was there. Mm -hmm. Dean, uh, Tom's uh, security guy. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and, and everything was normal, everything was fine. Everything it was, was normal. Uh, it was, it was more than, it, I tell you what, it was, it wasn't normal. It, I have never seen him so happy after a tour. I've never seen him. He was just like, he, was, he just loved it. He just, it, normally Tom at the end of a tour was like, that's it. I'm never doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably something a lot of people And say. then he'd, he'd go to his house and he'd wander around in his bathrobe for a couple of months and then, and then he'd, then he'd finally turn around and say, yeah, let me see that guitar over there. And, <laughs> and he'd start writing songs and that would start, the process would start again. But, uh, um, uh, you know, this time he was like, you know, I'm get my hip fixed. And, because uh, he was really, he, he was really in a lot of pain. Mm. And, uh, and, um, and he'd been through a lot. And I used to help him up on the stage every night. We'd go up on the stage and he'd have his arm around me and he was like putting his, putting his, his, his weight on me, get him up, help him get him up on, onto the stage. And we were talking on the way up there. I know what people thought we were talking about, but I'm like, you good for the next step? <laughs> like, Just get me up there and we'll rock, you know. And then, and then he gets up there and he's fine. He got up there and then he and then he'd uh, he work, you know. Yeah. And hard. Mm -hmm. yeah, he, he, he never did anything. He was never cruised that band. No, nobody mm -hmm. in that band cruised, you know. And, and uh, he used to make sure we were all well rested and, and ready to play, and uh, and it was just a. Uh, yeah, one of a kind, one of a kind. He was, he was really lovely to me. I, I met him one night on Facebook, it was in the middle of the night. Yeah. And he happened to be on Facebook and we started chatting on Messenger and just about yeah. music and the clubs and the whole thing. And he, he was just a regular guy. Yeah. He was just a guy. I have a funny story about when Tom first got introduced to, to computers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. At first, you know, Tom, he was really not. No, no. Yeah. Not Mr. Digital. Okay. Uh, and very analog, even with these yeah, yeah. guitars and everything was like very, very old school analog. Get the sound and the, and and he got he got introduced to computers and and he, got, he had this computer and, and he came up to, he came up to, we went to we went to rehearsal one day and he said to me he said you know he said I got up last night go to the bathroom I walked past the computer it spoke to me. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so before I ask you how you, because now we're gonna to have to go backwards. But do you have a favorite Tom story? Like, did do you have a did you have a favorite? Did you have a favorite show with him? Was was there were there iconic moments with him? Every that, single one. I don't, you know <laughs> that band. You know, I was I, I called uh, Ryan Ulate, our engineer, yesterday, mm -hmm. um, and um, and uh, we were talking about like life today, life today. Uh, you know, and he was talking about like how how uh, uh, how privileged we were mm. to have been involved in in the Heartbreakers, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, for that that amount of time. We were spoiled mm. because it was it was totally creative. It, it wasn't 
sit back on the, you know, I mean, Lord knows, Tom had plenty of laurels to sit back on and just, he, he could have uh, performed, he just performed great. Right. Yeah, you know, he could have done a show, a whole show with the songs that he didn't play and still had <laughs> big hits and, and Right. And, but he, he, you know, he, he, I remember him saying once, you know, he said, you know, uh, he said, you know, uh, I'm an artist and I'm, I'm not going to stop being an artist and, uh, and I'm not just going to go out and do this. Just do the greatest hits, you know. Do give them something they like in the beginning, and give them something they know at the end, and in the middle we're going to make some music. And so he was absolutely fearless with that. That's what uh, doing. You know, he'd throw in a cover of somebody. Or, uh, it just sometimes he would just go off off of uh, and say, okay, we'll just, just start playing something that wasn't even on the on the list. And, and I love and, that. And then he he'd do like a four song set of a new album in the middle of the show. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was, uh, he, he was. Uh, there aren't too many about, people of his gen of our no, generation that do that. Would take that risk. Absolutely you know? not. Uh, and uh, but he was convinced, and his songs were good and uh, good, great songs. He wrote great songs, and uh, and um, uh, it was just a, an amazing. Uh, I can't really uh, is to home in on one concert, to home in one experience. I mean, uh, I, I can talk maybe about about eras that, that were really really mm -hmm. memorable and mm -hmm. that was uh, that was when when we started to record um at the uh, clubhouse what mm -hmm. we called the clubhouse and uh, and um uh, uh we we would we just go every once in a while you know we'd work maybe three three months or, or four three three months maybe four months and then we were done with that with our touring for a while and then you know sooner or later tom said let's just get together at the clubhouse and we and play just to blow off the, you know, blow off the mm -hmm. cobwebs. And we get together and we play and we just go over there and jam and uh, just, just, just enjoy ourselves. And, and then he started to uh, record the, the, the Pro Tools rig and, in, the, in the monitor board and, and uh, basically doing demos, you know, come up with an idea for a song. And, and then he, he, turned around, he turned around to me one day and we, we were talking and he said, you know, he said, I, really, I really like what we're getting here he said, I'm going to go and, uh, uh, um, and write some more stuff. We'll we get back together maybe three, four weeks. And, uh, and I said, oh, okay, no problem. And we all went off our different uh, separate ways and uh, came back, got a call, go back four weeks later, or walk into, the, uh, into, the, into what, was, what was basically at that point was just a warehouse with all the equipment in there. It was all the guitars and stuff. You've seen photographs of it, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. All the guitars around and we'd set the drums up in the middle and uh, there was two. There was a, there was a, an office and and a, and a bedroom for 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 Bugs would sleep if he was doing some work there, putting a lot of stuff together. He'd sleep in the he'd sleep in the uh, office there, and mm -hmm. and, um, and uh, 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 the one of the one of the rooms was now a studio. I mean, <laughs> he built a studio, you know, in. Something that took me months to put together, he put together four weeks, three, four weeks. It was uh, was a, it was all there and ready to go, wow. with the cameras up and everything. Wow. And then we started to record, which was kind of unusual without without headphones. He would use headphones, mm -hmm. but, but um, uh, we would have monitors, so we could just play as a band in a room, like we as were, if you were doing a show. Yeah, well, or or just as we were jamming. You know, that wow, was, that, that was it. Uh, and uh, and it was um, it was just an incredible incredible musical experience. It was just a, a live live music 
just played live music. Wow. Yeah, so no frills, just and then, you know the, um, the 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 last two albums that we did. It's sort of a testament to that. It was. A, and how phenomenal that that he the last tour made him so happy and joyful. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it was, it was 40, 40, his 40th anniversary. Um, I, I know the band was just really. It was. It was. It was a machine. You know, it was just something that. Okay, so how did that gig? How did you meet Tom? How did that happen? Well, um, uh, uh, I, I, I was uh, playing with George Harrison. Okay, this is this is. Uh, I, I, I got asked to please. Um, um, Jolene Aaron said, please talk about George Harrison. So before you talk about how you met Tom, you have to tell Jolene because I promised Jolene that you would. Talk about George and, and uh, how, how did you meet George? How did that happen? I met George when I was playing with Eric. <laughs> and you are just such a goddamn name dropper. Oh my God. And I saw, I was telling you before we went live that I saw you play with Eric at uh, the Brendan Byrne or whatever and I came with Phoebe Snow in like 1988 or something and you immediately said, oh, I had a bad show there. Like the yeah. fact that you can remember that is, is yeah. crazy. Yeah, there was one bad show. And that okay, so now, really we to, now we have to show. step, we have to step back again. So before we get to George, before we get to Tom, how'd you meet Eric? Uh, I'm, I met Eric years ago um, when I was with Average White Band. We're going to talk about that too. I saw you do that too. Was, that was in the 70s. Uh, oh God, amazing. I was, I, was average, I was average and they were white. <laughs> yes, you were not so white. So I was an average white band and Eric showed up, I showed up to one of our gigs once and I just met, met him briefly. Hi, how are you doing? That was about it. Mm -hmm. And then I was playing with Duran Duran. I started to play with Duran Duran. And I was the world's oldest teen idol at that point. <laughs> and, um, you were pretty young then. That was a long I was time 35. ago. That was, that was a bit past being a teenager. Uh, well, I guess they were. Well, yeah. how old, those guys were probably in their twenties, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was still in their twenties at that point. And um, well, and um, and uh, uh, it was um, a Geldof's uh, knighthood party at the um, at the um, Hard Rock Cafe in London. Uh huh. And I went there with Duran, and it was full of all the, all these bands were there, there was, every band in London was there, and, and I showed up with uh, with. Uh, with and, the Durans, uh, and I was in there in this in this party because I love a party. <laughs> I, I imagine this was before pre sobriety. Oh yes, pre sobriety. Oh, yes. Okay. And um, and uh, I'm standing there hanging out at this party, and Phil Collins comes up and he says, "Hey, Steve, how you doing?" It's a fine party. Do you ever meet Eric Clapton? And I said, "Well, I met him once a long time ago." Oh, and uh, and he said, "Well, he said, um, he said, come over to come over and meet him again." So I go over to this table and I sit down. Me, Phil, Eric, and there was someone else, and I forget, I don't know who that was. And we were sitting there, we had a brief conversation, little talk, chit chat, blah, 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 blah. And um, uh, a couple of weeks later, my phone rang and it was somebody from Eric Clapton's office and said, do you wanna do, you wanna do a couple of gigs? Eric's gonna do a couple of couple of gigs, you know? Would you, would you like to, to, to play with him? And I'm like, oh yeah, that would be fun. I could, I can play with Eric. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm assuming that, like the rest of us, you were a Cream fan, and all of that was real, or, or not. Yeah, I like. Oh, no. I like a, not, not, I've, oh. you know, not, I've never been like a massive Ginger Baker fan. Okay. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, I admire the stuff, some stuff that he's done. I, I, I like some of the stuff. Too that busy he's done. for you. 
No, not really. I mean, I, 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 I'm not really just uh, not a fan of, of his playing. I mean, you know, okay. it's just a question of taste. Uh -huh. I mean, he's done some great. He's done some, you know, Sunshine of Your Love when mm -hmm. he played that stuff. Uh, can't find my way home. Mm -hmm. There's stuff that he's he's done signature stuff that you just can't not play. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But uh, uh, as far as being one of my favorite drummers, no, he was one of my favorite drummers. Who are? Who are? Uh, well, um, I guess uh, uh, I. Uh, well, I started with like Ringo, Ringo, and uh, and that was and uh, and Charlie Watts, and mm -hmm. uh, uh, John Bonham came a lot later. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, uh, back in those days, the first time I ever heard any anybody play with real syncopation was uh, Bernard Purdy. And now, were you already playing when you heard when? Yeah, I was like uh, thirteen or fourteen years old. I went and played in American bases when they, <laughs> when, when America had the army bases in. Uh, <laughs> when America had army bases in uh, uh, in France, and I go over there and I play at the, on the army bases with a local group from Brighton. Okay, so we're we're going all over the place, but I don't care. Yeah. Uh, so from what I know, you didn't start out as a drummer. You started out like dancing. Did I was you? Tap dancer. You were a tap dancer. Yeah. From when I was three. Okay, so now I leave shuffle ball change. So so ha so how did that happen? Well. Um, my, I, I used to sit in a high chair and I used to bang the spoon. We had a radio, we didn't have TV. Really? Yeah, I said there you go. It's a, we didn't okay, that, that blows we didn't my mind. We didn't have TV. We didn't have a telephone. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, a, you know, I was talking to, I did, a, I did a, a, an interview with a friend of mine at, at uh, East Order, uh, uh, had a thing that she was doing for, for school. Mm -hmm. And her and a friend of hers came over to my studio and, and, and they, uh, they, they interviewed me. And, asking me about this stuff and they're like wow yeah you didn't have no you know no tv no telephone boy i mean so you had nothing to do <laughs> <laughs> well because kids today don't know about going outside and playing going outside and playing yeah, there's no going outside, outside, outside. get outside yeah. and play come yeah. on at eight o'clock and, and when i say eight o'clock it better be five to eight <laughs> not one minute past eight o'clock or you don't go out tomorrow mm -hmm. that was it you know but um but um did you have uh, uh, siblings how what kind of siblings only child only child yeah and okay, so you're so you're in the high chair and you're banging. And with I'm the banging my spoon, mm -hmm. and uh, in, in time with the radio, radio when you're a little, when you're a little kid, yeah. And they said, "Well, we got to do something with him." So they they made me they made me tap dance. And did you like that? I love tap dancing. I was, so I was really good at it. I was really good at it. So how long did you do that? Until I was twelve, and then I got a job doing it um, um, professionally. In a, a, a children's chorus in a in a show, you have to be twelve years old to get on stage. You know? and my parents took me down to audition for this show, and I got into it. And uh, and uh, I was in this children's chorus, and I was up there, and we were doing this twist song. And I looked down into the orchestra pit, and I saw the drummer, and I saw him going. Oh, how's he doing that? Really, is that the first time that you? Yeah. And wow. uh, so I went up and I learned how to do it. Got my motor skills together. Okay, but now you're blowing my mind because from what I also heard, you opened for The Who when you were 12. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> how do you go from the stage tap dancing to seeing somebody doing this to opening for The Who? Well, okay, so The Who. The, so I, I started to I started to pit a pat around with the drums. Okay. And then... No lessons? No, no, no. And, and then... I went to, I used to go to this, this, there was a ballroom called the Regent Ballroom in Brighton. And Saturday mornings, 
they would have this thing where where kids, what we used to do, we used to go dancing. So uh, little kids used to get dropped off there, and uh, and then in, in the evenings it was the older kids who used to go. Those. Uh, so they didn't have booze there when the little kids were there. No, no, yeah, right. Coca Colas and stuff. And right. Like that. But but they, so we sort of, I guess we could act like adults. And, <laughs> and I used to go dance. We used to go. Me and my friends used to go dance with the girls. But you know, we never got really any action at all. You know, so they don't like to dance with us, but no action. <laughs> action, you're 12. Yeah. Although I was seeing action. Soon the hormones had already started yeah. at 12. I was seeing action soon after. I hope you didn't hear that. It was different times then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, they were. Well, yeah. Come on, it was different. Yeah. Yeah. There was well, no yeah, eggs, I mean, there was no herpes, there was no, none of that no, stuff. No, 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 true, true, true. Yeah, yeah true, there was a whole different thing. Yeah. But, I mean, right, I, 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 no, we, we, yeah, as much as I said that I was sexually active, I was, I was lying. I just don't like massive whopping lies and everybody believed Okay, now your girlfriend has a question. Yeah. Really? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but there are questions if you'd like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody well, wanted to know uh, how was reporting with the Bee Gees. All right. Oh, okay. We're okay. going to get to that. All right, wait. We're going <laughs> we're to we're get to it. Thank you for asking that. Okay. Um, but before we get to the Bee Gees, who, who asked that question, Pete? Uh, uh, Delson Ross. Okay, so Delson has been here since the beginning. Delson, I promise you we're going to get to that question. But I just want to hear how this thing happened with the... Because we're all over the place, but I want to hear this thing. So we're up, doing, we're up there in this, this dance hall yeah. with my friends. Mm -hmm. And uh, Manfred Mann's Earth Band were playing that night. And they came and set up their equipment. And they played a little set for, for us. Little kids. Little kids. I mean, they're doing their sound check, I guess. Oh, right, they, right. Do, they kill two birds with one stone, play for some little kids, they do a sound check. They get to play in front of the live audience, see how it sounds in the lead. Every little girl in the place went completely crazy, like screaming. You know. Oh, so it was, it was a pussy chase. That was it. <laughs> so I turned around to my friends and I said, that's it. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> no action with the dancing. We're going to do no, that. No. So we started, we started playing and we got, we got, a, we got one of those. Um, Did you have a kit? I had a, like a makeup kit. It was like a kid's, like a toy kit. And I, Grandma bought no me. stop with a toy kit you open for the who? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. No, no, no. no. Okay. No, no. But um, um, actually, I can, I can tell you what I have. I have a picture. I have a photograph. All right, find the photograph. I'm gonna say hello to people while you're finding the okay. photograph. Well, 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 Delson, wait. Throw out an answer to Delson while you're looking for the photograph. How was it the recording with the Bee Gees? It was fantastic. Yeah. I love the Bee Gees so I much. Oh I my God. Wait, what years was? When was that? I have no idea what. But it was like in the 70s? Was it the 70s? No, uh, it was I think later? it was the 90s. Oh, the 90s. 80s, 80s oh, and 90s. Was it after Saturday Night Fever? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was in, it okay. was in, we recorded in London. Hi, Ross. Hi, Sean. Hi, Sharon. Hi, yeah. Steve. Hi, Karen. Drums, drums. Hi, Delson. Did you see Diego from, uh, watching Hi. from Rio Live? Nice. Yeah, what is Hi, your favorite Green. Brazilian artist? Your favorite um, Brazilian artist? Uh, Simone. Mm. There you go. Tony D, Freddie, Penny. Hi, Penny. Hi, Gary. Hi, Freddie. She's fantastic. Hi, She's Dana. so sexy. Simone is just so Um, Gary. I'm just saying hi to everybody while you're looking yeah, you're for the picture. Yeah, okay, so now, so now, wait. So you're gonna show me the kit that you were playing on, but I hi, Sherry. I show you my first gig. I have a photograph of my first gig. Wow. Okay, so your first gig, you're 12. Seriously? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So now, wait. You haven't taken a lesson. All you've done is kind of. 
You you taught yourself how to play a kit. I taught myself. I taught myself how to play, and we used to play saw standing there. It was about all I knew how to play. <laughs> and then and then and then this uh this did the Beatles, did the Beatles when when the Be okay so what you the Beatles broke in London in, in in England before they broke for us yeah so how old are you when the Beatles break. 62 or 12. So you're like 12. And yeah. is that is that the first time that like that kind of music, that pop music, like what music were you into when you were a little kid? Um, standards with tap dancing. Right. You know, I used to tap dance to the standards. So, okay, there I am, look. Okay. First gig, two of I've got a bow tie the, on, the, and then look at that drum kit. <laughs> wait, wait, Pete, can you, can, they, can you see this thing there? Yeah. Oh, oh my God. The flames? Yeah. So, okay, so now how'd you get the kit? Well, th this, was the, this was the thing was that these guys, these guys, these guys. Look at you. You, you, you look five. You're like this big. Teeny weeny. Well, you're tiny. And they're, they're dancing. They're, 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 oh, yeah. Oh, they're dancing. <laughs> Are you so, playing I Saw Her Standing There? Uh, no, no, like? no. Oh. This was a blues, there was a blues oh, band. Okay. Well, they, they, the, the, what happened was this kid, the one kid that I played with that had a real guitar, he used to go and hang out in the music stores. Okay. Because right? he, he had a real guitar, so he would go and hang out with these What does a real guitar mean? Well, he had a real guitar. I mean, we had, I had this toy drum kit. <laughs> the other guy had a, had a, had a, a tea, tea box with a stick in it and a piece of string to play bass. Stop. Doom, 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 doom. Yeah. Hmm. And this other kid, he had a real, his parents had bought it. Yeah, his parents had a garage, so he had money. No, they had money. Mm-hmm. And he bought he bought them, they bought him a guitar, and, and his dad had got Was an it old, an electric guitar? Yeah, yeah. Okay. He got an old record player, mm -hmm. and made it into an amplifier so he could plug in the front of this, this record player, what? and we got, and we, we played. So he used to hang out at the, at the, at the, uh, at the music stores, mm -hmm. and there was all these older kids, these big kids would go there, and he heard these kids talking about, like they needed to find a drummer because their drummer had, um, I don't need to have his, appendix out or something and going hospital and they had a gig and they uh, uh, and they needed to have a drummer to do this gig and this friend of mine said I know somebody who can do it and they, and they said well who's that and they said I know this black kid can play drums <laughs> so so he came no telephone he came round to my house right? oh my and he God. said he said hey listen there's these big kids and they got they got a band and they want you to go and try out and play with them you know I said wait I come up can you go over tonight I said tomorrow can I go? And she said, okay, be back at eight o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I go over to this house. And do you know music? Do you know enough songs to even... No, anything. Well, no. I just know, I know, I know songs. I mean, you know. Okay. I don't know songs. I used to listen to Radio Luxembourg and stuff. Okay. And, uh, and I sit down and I start playing, playing with this band and they say, okay, okay. And we did that gig. What, do you remember what, you, what songs you were playing to audition? No. Like I, blues? It was just... It was like blues. They were playing like 12 bar blues, blues mm -hmm. and, and I just sit there and start playing. And, um, and, uh, and then I played that gig mm -hmm. and then when the guy got out of hospital, <laughs> I had his gig. Really? He was, he was replaced by a 12 year old. <laughs> and they were full age? They were like normal age? They were, they were 18. They were, they were big kids. And, and they were playing with a 12 year old drummer? Yeah, yeah. So now, how did, how did the Who gig? How did opening for the well, Who happen? Well, we used to play at this... There was a club... Uh, in the Brighton Aquarium, mm -hmm. uh, and it was called Uncle Bonnie's Chinese Jazz Club. 
Chinese jazz club. Yeah, and uh, and it was a tiny, tiny little place, and we're not much bigger than you know, you, mm -hmm. from here to the front of the house. It was really tiny, mm -hmm. and uh, the Who used to come down and play there. Stop. What year? Like when is this? In the sixties. This is when the mods in the sixties. Like, yeah. you know, sixty-three maybe when the mods and the rockers started going. They were very popular. Wow. And and all these bands used to come down from. But this from is before they around. like broke. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah yeah. 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 And did did Roger they were and Pete, really did they did they talk to each other in those days? Did they like each other in those days? I guess so. Mm -hmm. I mean, they, they didn't really talk to us too much. They were they were like. Mm -hmm. they were like London. They were down from London, so they were mm. from the big city, mm. like little Brighton, little Brighton kids. What, what did they th get a load of you, this twelve-year-old drummer playing? When we changed their name, oh. look, look at what we changed their name to. The worm. The web. The web. Oh, oh, I can't even. Okay, wait, yeah. Pete, we got to show this. The web. I thought there were more letters behind you. Yeah. Mm. See, see if we can get that in there. So we should have patented that, right? We would have made a lot of money if we just said, okay, you know. So, the web's pretty cool, actually. Yeah. There was no web. We called ourselves that. I like it. Yeah. There was no World Wide Web. Yeah. No. So, uh, so okay. So, 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 what happens here? So that you know, they had a drum kit, and then they they went and got another one. That was, uh, I think, that was the uh, that was the uh, that was the. Um, uh, so you're not playing a toy drum kit anymore. No, no. no. Well, the, uh, Premier had three drum kits. They had. Premier, which was the top of the line, mm -hmm. and then they had um, uh, Olympic, which mm -hmm. was like the intermediate kit, and then they had Geekster that nobody wanted to play. <laughs> I got an Olympic drum kit. Okay, so now, don't you have to learn? I mean, how are you learning? There's no, there's no internet to go watch somebody play drums. How are you? It's all feel. It's all instinct for you. I, I, yeah. Well, I, I, I got. I had the mechanics of playing the drums. I learned how to do the mechanics of playing the drums. Uh, second song I love is Take Five. <laughs> so. Yeah. So I got. I got. The, I found the mechanics of how to sort of move around with the drum. With but, the but you. But how? And I knew songs. And, I know songs. So, so it's instinct for you. Yeah, I knew. I knew. I knew what songs were. I knew how songs moved rhythmically, and I and I could. Was I that could, did dance help with that? Yeah, there was mm -hmm. tap dancing. Tap dancing and standards uh, taught me a uh, form of, uh, of of a song. Mm -hmm. you know, the beginning, and middle, and an end. You know, as a bridge is how to get into the middle, how to get out of it, how to get back to the to the verse. It taught me song structure, rhythm rhythmically with the tap dancing was rhythm. So I could figure out, uh, you know, people, people ask me, uh, uh, did you listen to this drummer or did you listen mm -hmm. to that drummer or did you listen? Well, I did listen to that, those drummers. I listened to Ringo and I listened mm -hmm. to Charlie, but I never really listened to what they were playing. I listened to the songs. So I could play the songs, but I would, uh, sometimes I wouldn't listen to the actual parts that they played. So you, were, would, you weren't I, just... I could just figure out how to play the song. I heard I heard an interview with you where you were saying uh, that you sing along. Yeah. Say, explain out. explain that. Well, with Petty, vocalists they have to get their lyrics across. They have to find they have to find a space to get their lyrics across. So when when I when I'm when I'm sitting and I'm playing and I'm singing along, it's not because I want to sit there and sing along with the song. It's kind of like trying to figure out 
if the tempo that we're in, where we're playing the song, is in a place where they're comfortable, so they can sing the song, sing the songs, and get their lyrics across, so that they're not gasping for breath or or, um, or, or taking too long to get to the next. Thing. There's a sweet spot for the song to be. You know, I I don't, I, and I'm not trying to blow smoke, but that's why you're the drummer that you are. That that's a big part of your, why you're the drummer that you are, and why you're so sensational is because because you're an artist back there hmm. and. It's about the song. It's not about. It's not about Steve. Right. It's about the song. It's about the song, right? And um, yeah. that's why you do it so Absolutely. well. Yeah. That's, 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 it's um, it, it's what interests me. Mm -hmm. it, it, uh, I, it doesn't interest me to do drum solos and do parlor, parlor tricks. Mm -hmm. I love to play music. I love to take a song and make. I love to play a song and look out and see 20, 30, 40,000 people Jesus. all dancing. Oh <laughs> They're dancing. God, to me. Uh, <laughs> all right, so we're going to get to how you, the first time you saw those 20, 30, 40,000 people. So, so now you're, you're 12 years old, you're playing in this band, you, you get an Olympic kit. How does your career progress from there? What happens? Well, I mean, I, I got taken to the... You, are you going to school or are you... Yeah, but I, I, I stopped doing that. Yeah. Because, because uh, um, when I, they started to ask me what do I want to do when I leave school. Because mm -hmm. the school leaving age was fifteen, and you know, from, being from where I was from, my my uh, my 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 area of uh, of um, uh, my my social where I was on the social scale, mm -hmm. um, we were supposed to uh, either become like workers, like factory workers, mm -hmm. or uh, uh, factory labor, or What'd your mother do? Did your mother work? My mother worked at the factory. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, uh, maybe, uh, 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 I mean, you could stay an extra year at school and get a job in a bank or maybe be a train driver. If not, you worked at the train station selling tickets, a mm -hmm. clerk or something. You know. uh, um, um, when they asked me what I wanted to do, I said I wanted to play drums. And they said I couldn't do that. They said you couldn't do that? No, they said it wasn't a real job. Because you won't make as much money as you will selling tickets at the train station. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. So uh, I said, um, well, Ringo Starr does it. Ooh. And they said, well, that's Ringo Starr. You know, you know Ringo Starr. And I said, I can hang with Ringo. <laughs> 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 and so they started to call me Ringo at school. And they started to mock me. Mm. So I stopped working. I stopped doing everything. I used to box at school. I used to play football at school. Um, I stopped doing all that. How'd your mother feel about you? It wasn't that important. It, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't as important then mm -hmm. as it is now. Uh, 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 Were you making money already as a drummer? No. So you're not making money. No. But this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. And your mom's supporting no, you. Your, your mom. Your mom's okay with it. Yeah. I well, really like that. When I left school, when I left school, when I finally got around to leaving school, mm -hmm. when I was 15, I was like out of there. I wanted to leave. Didn't want to be in there anymore. I didn't mm -hmm. want to. Uh, when they when we took the the, the, the exams, they came with the, the and I I get my exam stuff and they you have, they say you have ten minutes to look at it. I'd sit there like this and they say okay start and I'd put up my hand and they say what well, I say I can't do it and they say mm, we'll give it a try and I say can't do it. Wow. And they say okay go and I'd leave and I go and play drums. <laughs> wow. I was a little bit. <laughs> and are you already getting a little drunk? Are you already no, 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 imbibing? No, 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 no. 
No. No, 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 no. When, when do you start drinking? I'll tell you the truth, I don't really remember. But I mean, I, 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 I mean, my grandmother used to make homemade wine and things like that at Christmas when I was a little kid. Mm -hmm. But that didn't. That, but I that mean, wasn't part of your life. Probably lifestyle. when I left school and I started uh, started working and mm -hmm. I got a job and it was a, I could go and have a pint and I'd lie about my age and because it, uh, it was like. 15. Well, you could do, we could do that back then. They didn't yeah. card. No, do we, that did, stuff. we didn't have any ID. Yeah. Oh. But uh, but um, as they walk in, they say, "How old are you?" Say, "18." They say, "You give you a drink." Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So, um, uh, uh, I, uh, I started, uh, 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 I, I, I came out of school and I got a job. What kind of job did you get? It's engraving in a, in a factory. I hated it. I hated it. And then I left that and I did like odd jobs, like car wash and stuff like that for a bit. And then, uh, And so while you're doing these day jobs, you're playing music at night? I'm playing music, yeah. Mm -hmm. Playing with, playing with, playing with bands. And, mm -hmm. and, and the Melody Maker used to have ads in it, in the Melody Maker. And I used to write off and answer the write, write and answer the ads and uh, maybe get some change together and go to the coin machine. You just put the coins in there. <laughs> letter A and B, you know, answer or get your money back. You know, these two button the old telephone machines. That we had. Mm -hmm. And um, and uh, uh, then I, I I did that for one. Then I I got a job on a, on a on a construction site as a as a, a storekeeper on a construction site. And uh, the, the, the owner of the company, uh, Mr. Foster, he owned a hotel, big hotel there, and uh, a couple of big hotels in Brighton. And he was kind of, wanted me to become a, a, a wanted me to go back to school and become a, a site foreman. I didn't really want to do that. And, uh, and uh, he was really and, and so you're not making enough doing music to, no, uh, you have to do the zero. day, you have to do the, you're making zero. So you have yeah. to do the day job, okay. And uh, and then I um, I um, uh, uh, I got a uh, I got a job as a paint sprayer, and one of the uh, one of the ads in the paper that I wrote wrote off to uh, got answered by a couple of guys in London, and they asked me to come up to London and uh, and uh, and work. And the guy that I work for. Um, um, Laurie Sadler, his name was. It was, mm -hmm. uh, it was Harrison Sadler was the company, and Laurie uh, uh, was a um, uh, he'd been in the SAS in the war. He got liberated by General Patton. Wow! He wow! Said he looked out of prison. He was in this prison <laughs> in France, and, he, and uh, Patton sort of rolled up in this uh, in a jeep, two six guns. He was told me told me his war stories. You know? Wow! And he said to me, and I said, you know, I've been. I asked him to go to London and go and play the drums. And he said to me, look, you know, you can always paint. You can always be a paint sprayer. And he said, but you're not always going to have a shot at playing the drums. If that's what you want to do, you can always come back later. You know. Nice. So um, off I went. To you know, it sounds and like I became a starving musician. <laughs> you know, I, I, I love the way it sounds like things happened just at the right time for you yeah. each time yeah. and you just kept walking through the doors yeah well uh, and and the funny thing is is that you know even when i got when i got to the heartbreakers when it came to the heartbreakers and sitting mm -hmm. down and talking with tom and mike and ben and everything they were in gainesville like they're all the same age you know and 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 they were in gainesville what was that three three thousand miles away four thousand miles away you know? and um and they were listening to the same music i was listening to we were all listening to the same music, so we were in. 
we were basically there was that we were being put in tune all that. those years ago. I love to, that to, for that to just fall together. It's it, you know it's not easy to walk into a band and replace somebody like Stan. Absolutely. Know? It's a. Uh, uh, was there an adjustment period? Did it take? Yeah, did there it was. Take a, any there was. There was a little bit of an mm -hmm. adjustment. I'd, mm -hmm. I'd been playing other kinds of music, been playing different 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 styles, mm -hmm. and the Heartbreakers uh, definitely had a style of their own. Mm -hmm. So there was little bits of adjustment, but uh, you know. It's, uh, you know, and how about social? They had to calm me down a little bit, and, mm -hmm. uh, and I had to sort of liven them up a little bit. <laughs> when, 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 you, when you started with the Heartbreakers, you're still drinking, yeah? Yeah. Uh -huh. For the first when we when I when I came out when I came out to do uh, start on wildflowers, that was the that was the oh there was the whole how did that happen? Okay. So we did the, I did a tour with George Harrison in in Japan. Okay, wait, we have to talk about George. So so you one of the sweetest men I ever met. Sweet, sweet man, uh, and his wife Olivia and Danny. I mean, the family. They're, they're... So George heard you playing with Clapton, and he said, "Come with me." What happened? Well, he, he used to come and hang out at the Albert Hall, mm -hmm. and he was in this dressing room backstage, and he was like, "You know, they asked me to go and do this gig in in, uh, in Japan, you know." And then we said, "Oh, why don't you go?" And he said, "He said I haven't got a band," and he said, "And he said, well, why don't you take my band? I'm going to take some time off." So he, Joe said, do you, do you guys come with me? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jolene, this is for you. <laughs> of course it was. And, uh, and uh, then we, we went and uh, we, we went, we went to, um, we went to back to Japan with George. There is another story. Okay, actually. let's hear. Um, is that when you took Will? That's not when you took Will Lee. No, no. That, okay. this, is, this, is, this, is, this is kind of... The, You're going to lead into I'd that? I've been, hey, been playing with Duran Duran. Okay. Right? And, um, and when I came, went over to... to uh, How is that for you? Playing with Duran Duran and all the, the young girls and that music. How was that for you? The young girls love, love Simon they, Levin and, uh, and John Taylor. They're, they're not they're after both, Yeah, they're, you're, you're not getting, you're not getting the, the pussy on that. <laughs> <laughs> They like me. They're all very nice to me, but yeah, you're not. You're not. Yeah, it's not the same. <laughs> and Warren Cookerillo was in the band, and, and uh, but you know th that had sort of finished it because I I I had a year of of Duran Duran and Eric Clapton. I spent three weeks at home, and and so something had to go. And I was really enjoying playing with with Eric, Greg Filling Gaines, you know, oh. Nathan East. It was just a great greatest mm. band, and um, and so I I, I switched. Working more with with, with them, mm -hmm. but I had good relationships still with Duran Duran, and and uh, I get to London, I rent a car because I got to go all the way out to Windsor to rehearse with George, mm -hmm. and I'm driving down Oxford, uh, down um, uh, Car uh, Carnaby, uh, not Carnaby Street, um, Kings Road, Chelsea. Mm -hmm. I'm driving down the Kings Road, and I see this guy walking down the road, and I, and I say, that looks like Warren Cucurullo, but this guy was a bodybuilder. And Warren, <laughs> Warren had gone through this stage of lifting weights and he pumped himself up. He was this little skinny rock and roll guy and then he pumped himself up to be this muscle-bound, sort of like wedged sort of guy. And he's walking down and I look and he is Warren. Hey, Warren. And Warren looked and he said, you're in town. He said, can you do a session for me? I'm in the car driving along. And I said, well, I don't know. I'm here doing George Harrison. And he takes a cassette out of his bag and he throws the cassette in the car. And he says to me, he said, give me a call, let me know when you can do it. And I said, okay. And I drove off, right? Take the cassette, 
put it into the car. You know what it was? Ordinary world. You know, this is like, <laughs> this, is like this is like these doors just keep. Yeah. So I'm so I'm, so so I'm listening to this song in the car. I get back to the hotel. I call up Warren and I say to him, "You don't need me on this. This is a hit record that I'm listening to right here. This is this is a hit, this is such a hit song. It's such a hit song." And he said, "We want you to come up and play it." And I said, "Okay, well I go and figure it out." So when I figured out what the schedule was with with with, uh, with George, George. I finished working with him, and I went over and, and we recorded uh, recorded uh, "Ordinary World." Big hit. So so what was what was. Uh As you're living this, yeah, living the dream. <laughs> you are fucking living the dream. Yeah, you go from Chaka, you're Duran Duran, you're Eric Clapton, you're yeah. George Harrison. I mean, this is like an average white man. An average white man. And what a place to start. Yeah. I mean, what a band that was. Well, that's so had, had, some, then okay, had Brian Auger. Okay, so let's go back. So, what's your? When do you start making money? How do you start making money as a drummer? Uh, um, well, I mean, I, I guess uh, when, when I, when I stopped sort of playing the clubs in Italy and went, went back to school. I, I went to, to, to get to go. The band I was working with asked me to go and uh, live in France uh, with them and do a year in France with them. And, uh, and uh, you have were, to be making money if you're going. On well, we were doing clubs, just living in clubs. Mm -hmm. you know, not even paycheck from like cash to cash. To right, cash. right. And uh, and um, and, um, and and how old are you about this time? Uh, I was I was twenty one when I left Italy and went to France. Okay. And, uh, and on my twenty first birthday. And uh, and then I went there and I and I had a residency in a casino, and these guys were all they were all um, um, educated musicians and 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 I, I actually knew. Can you read? Uh, yeah. Charts? Yeah. Uh -huh. Well, I actually knew because I was working with these guys. Mm -hmm. I knew that if I wanted to be a professional musician, mm -hmm. that I had to, I had to learn about music. I had to learn about how to follow a chart because uh, uh, they could all do that, mm -hmm. and I couldn't. I'd learn stuff. I'd have to learn it. it. Would take me longer. But if you're going to be a studio musician, they want you in and out quick. Right. So I had to figure out how to do it. So. When they asked me to go to France, I said to them, could they, could, they, could they possibly get me into the conservatory? If they could do that, then I would go. And this is without graduating high school? Yes. Yeah. I was, I, I was kind of, at 21 years old, I, decide, kind of decided, I, you know, I just screwed around in, in, in Italy and just like lived there and just hung out and, you know, since I was like 17, you know, and... Uh, and Did and, you have and, a day job? No, just yeah. play music. Uh -huh. and, and, and I thought that, you know what, I either had to go back and get a real job, and I've met these Americans that were computer programmers, and, and they talked to me, and that, that kind of interested me. So I thought, well, I could go back to school maybe, mm. and then learn about computers. Yeah, I could, yeah. I, mean, I could have been like a billionaire by now, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but I wouldn't have had as much fun. No. No. <laughs> For sure, and so, you wouldn't have gotten as much pussy either. No, no, no. or as much trouble. <laughs> That's probably true too. Oh. So, so uh, 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 I decided to. They put me. They got me to go into school. So when I when I went into the school and I started to learn how to read and I started to learn about my craft and so, and, and 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 I did started to do little sessions uh, for Radio Luxembourg. Uh, sorry, um, um, 
um, not Radio Luxembourg, um, uh, oh, uh, Radio Monte Carlo. Radio Monte Carlo used to do like jingles and stuff from Radio Monte Carlo, which was sort of a training ground for me, being in the studio, getting stuff done quickly. Mm -hmm. And uh, and uh, and so I did that, and I used to teach, and I used to. They asked me, they let me into the school to teach because it's a classical school. All they taught was classical drums. So said, ding dong, bong, bong, ching, ching. That, that was it. You know? And the young, they wanted to keep the young kids interested. Mm -hmm. And they said, will you teach the kids how to play modern drums? I play modern mm -hmm. drums, but I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not a you know, I, said, I was well, just going to ask, how do you do that? They said, well, you figure it out. So, <laughs> so I, had to, I had to sit down and figure it out. And then they let me into the conservatory. Into the conservatory. So then I would teach these kids and I, I would write stuff out for them. And they would say, oh, no, 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 Mr. Friday, that's not how you do that. And so, they, so it, was, it was like this, I was Your learning. Your kids were teaching you. So I did that for three years and then I got asked to come to the United States. And that's when I started to, to, to earn a living. Uh, and What's the what's the first gig that you're really making money? Average one, mm -hmm. and how how did you get that? Uh, well, uh, tragically, I, on it, uh, 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 um, uh, Robbie McIntosh uh, was a, I'd, I'd met him. I'd followed him into a couple of bands in Europe, and he was we were good friends. Mm -hmm. And and, um, and uh, oh, <clears throat> Pete, would you do hey, that? Could you take that off the hook? I forgot to do that. It's right. There's one right there. If you just. Press talk. Sorry, folks. This is a very yeah. We're gonna turn that. If you just press talk, uh, top left, and now off. No. Thank you. So, so Robbie, uh, uh, become we've become really good friends. Mm -hmm. uh, Robbie McIntosh is a good friend of mine. And uh, and uh, thank you, Pete. And then I came out here to mm -hmm. do a session in, in in Los Angeles with a band called Bloodstone mm -hmm. at the Natural High, and I was working with them on a movie. And um, and uh, I was under contract to them. And Robbie uh, called me up and said, we're gonna have a party after they were playing the Troubadour. We're gonna have a party, do so you wanna come? And I said, well, I'd love to, but I might, I've gotta work on Sunday. Let me see if I, if I can make it, I will. And as things had it, I didn't, I didn't make it to that party. Oh. And the next day, uh, um, a good friend of mine, Terry Merchant, I don't know if he's watching, might be watching any good. <laughs> uh, Terry Merchant was my roadie. And, uh, and uh, he called me up and he said, Robbie's dead. And I said, what, dead drunk? And he said, no, he's dead. And Robbie had died of, a, of an overdose. <laughs> so I went around and saw the band, because uh, I knew they were friends with Hamish, and, uh, and, and, uh, and we sat there talking, and, uh, and they needed, they, they, they said, look, they, they just started to get played with, with pick up the pieces. And they said, look, if there's anything I can do to help, I, I can help you out. But you're under contract to this other... Yeah, mm -hmm. and what happened was was that Styx Hooper mm -hmm. from the Crusaders mm -hmm. and myself, if I could make it, Styx would do it. If Styx could make it, I would do it. We, we, we would sort of filling in, doing, doing gigs just to keep the band going. Mm -hmm. And they were auditioning drummers over at SIR and there were drummers around the block trying to get into that band. I bet. So, um, uh, uh, it just... Uh, uh, one day when I played a gig down at a... At a Long Beach Auditorium, Long Beach or the old Long Beach Auditorium, mm -hmm. and uh, and we played this gig and it was a great gig, mm -hmm. and I came off the stage and there was this little guy standing there, dapper little guy with a little suit and a really, and he said, uh, "You gotta be in the band," and I said, "Well, I'd love to, but I'm kind of like, you know, I'm, a, I'm in a contract to another band, so I can't really do it. You're out of that contract and you're in this band," and he turned around and he walked away and I'm like. <laughs> 
Who the hell was that? Who's he? Ahmed Erdogan. Oh my god! <laughs> and that was my beginning of a friendship with Ahmed Erdogan. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So he muscled he muscled you into he muscled the average... me he muscled me into average white man and that was wow. uh, that was how that. Uh, so that was quite a life you had. You were with him a long time. About ten years. Yeah. So so mm. what was that like when like now all of a sudden like you're playing real venues and you're having hit records and. Well, that was uh, that was really well. You know, it, it, that was that was a lot of fun. But what what came along with that was yeah. what, the thing that was fun was that we went to New York to record, mm-hmm. and I met Arish Mardin, and uh, Arish Mardin produced the Bee Gees. There you go. <laughs> a call not, back. not the one I was playing, but he he, mm-hmm. he, he was one. He did uh, Jive Talking, mm-hmm. did a lot of stuff with the Bee Gees, and um, and Arif. Uh, 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 Noticed because I uh, when when I came up with something like a pattern that was working for a song, mm-hmm. I jot it down, and then uh, so I could remember what it was. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of talking and stuff, discussion going on. Right. So when I sat down and played what I had to play, I knew what it was that, you know, mm-hmm. where it was that I had to start, and um, and um, and uh, and he noticed that I read. So he said, yeah, "I noticed you read a little you read music." And I said, "Yeah, a little, not yeah, a little bit, not, not fantastic." He said, you want to do some sessions for me? And I said, yeah, I'd love to. You know? So then that was when he started, I started to work with Will Lee, Richard T, Anthony Jackson, Brecker Brothers, all these guys in the... the, the you're in New York. You're in New York, in New all York. these New yeah. York studio musicians yeah, yeah. that were so talented, David Spinoza, all the, uh, 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 Hugh McCracken, uh, um, I mean, just, wonderful wonderful group of players you know that the basically taught me uh, uh, and Arif taught me my craft of wow. being in the studio that's my son hey that's my son do you know where he is and he's facetiming he's in he's in new he's in new zealand oh oh my god um snuffy was just in new zealand say, say hi to the people say hello, there jason <laughs> You're on the air, Jason. You're on Hi, the Jason. air. You're on FaceTime. <laughs> I'm on the air. What's that? Yeah. Especially after those uh, children of Sandy Hook, I just, I just couldn't, uh, I, guess I don't understand that. Yeah, it there's been a lot more since. Yeah, uh, uh, but if you can't do it after that, little kids like that, it's heartbreaking, it's heartrending. Yeah, and uh, uh, I don't know, 
Yeah, you know, uh, maybe things have changed. I hope so. I I hope so too. Yeah. Um, any questions while while we're on a on a thing? Because I'm 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 figuring. Uh, no hate mail. So, yeah, you can, <laughs> uh, I'm trying to look to see if anybody's uh, asking a question. What was it like playing uh, drums with uh, Prince at the Rock Hall? That was fantastic. It was unexpected. Mm. It was uh, I didn't I didn't know um, I didn't know that he was going to be there for that. You know, and um, were you friends? Do you know? No, I never met him. What what this is funny because so we're there on the stage and and I didn't I had no idea who was going to be there and I look across the stage and I see Prince come up on stage and Steve Winwood's sitting right here right and I say what's Prince doing here and he says he's, he's going to play with us I said oh nice nice of people to the drummers the drummers always the last to know <laughs> he said yeah I said uh, oh I'm I'm going to go. I'm gonna go over and say hello to him because it was a bit. It was a bit strange. There was a bit strange because the vibe. Hmm? Yeah, because Prince wasn't supposed to actually play with us. It was something that the Hall of Fame came up with, and they 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 had to. They orchestrated uh, Olivia, it. Olivia Olivia Harrison really wanted just friends of George to be playing at this thing, mm -hmm. and then uh, at his induction, and then but but then they they asked her please let Prince come and play. So Prince got the solo, this big solo in the in the, in the thing and. And so I went over there, I, I went walking in and I said to him, I said to him, I'm going to go over and say hello. And he says, you're not. And I said, yeah. He said, yeah. yeah. So I got up and I walked over and I said, uh, hi, excuse me, Prince. Hi, it's Steve Ferroni, nice to meet you. And he said to me, I know who you are, right? And I thought, I feel for you, because Shaq right, right. I feel for you, you uh -huh. wrote that, right? And I played on that. Right. Thing. So I said, oh yeah, 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 I feel for you. I said, really looking forward to playing, nice to meet you. And he said, yeah, it's very nice. And I shook his hand and then turned around. And I went back over there and Winwood was like, what did, what did he say? And I said, he's very nice, he's very nice. Like, it's hard to think of Steve Winwood being this way, being like, like a girly girl about Prince. This is, a, this is blowing my mind a little bit. It's fucking well, Steve Winwood. Yeah, well, we've heard, we've heard, I don't know if it was so much that, it was, it was we've heard, everybody's heard all these stories. Right. Like, you can't look at him, you can't talk yeah, to him, yeah. don't do this, don't. I mean, there was all this different stuff, that, you know, so it was like, you know, uh, it's when we thought I was taking my life in my hands to go over and just say hello to him. So, um, so then uh, we 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 do the rehearsal and Tom goes over and talks to Prince and says, oh, yeah, just burn, you know, just, just you know, we got this." And we we um, and we we, we 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 do the rehearsal. Then comes the performance, and Prince put on this show not for the audience but for the band. First thing he does is that he does this fall back off of the stage and the whole band's like, oh! <laughs> and he's got a guy in the audience that grabs him and pushed him back up on the stage. And then he did the trick with throwing the guitar up in the air and it vanished. And everybody's like, well, where the hell did that go? You know. <laughs> he put on an incredible entertainer. Incredible entertainer. And what a solo that was. I mean, they, that, they played that. If I would have paid more attention to it as it was going down if I'd have known it was that great a solo. Incredible. Iconic. And then how, what was he like at the end of that? Oh, actually, there was something that happened before that. When I left, it, when I left him over there and, I go, mm -hmm. and, I, and, and I'm sitting there talking to Wimbledon, all of a sudden, I hear this guitar riff to a song called Schoolboy Crush, right? That I was one of the writers on. Uh, 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 with the average white man song. I thought it was maybe one of the guys from the Letterman band or something that started playing. 
messing with, just messing with me because I know those guys. Are right. And I look around him and I look over and Prince is playing it and looking at me and he did know who I was and he did know, he did know that that was my son. So he, he knew his stuff. That's, that's <laughs> very impressive. I knew that, I knew there was going to be a, a comeback yeah. to the, I, yeah. I knew he didn't know you from a child yeah, yeah. and that you were going to say yeah. something, but yeah. that's pretty, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that for him to play a song that you yeah. penned, um, yeah. yeah, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's lovely. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure there's been lots of surprises like that along the way for you. Well, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I got to play. I got to play over the years with like so many, so many great. I know Michael Jackson's not that popular at the moment, but yeah, I, I just watched Finding Neverland last night. At whatever it's called, the the yeah. documentary on HBO. Yeah. Wow, is that sobering? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, I hate what to. What was your experience with him? With My experience with him was I worked with him, and he was an incredible artist. Yeah. And, and um, um, when did you work with him? What what period? Uh, I did. I did. Uh, uh, I played on History. Uh, I did. Uh, that was so. He was already having a lot of trouble at that t point in his career. I didn't really notice it. I didn't know anything about it. I was, the, yeah, I was, the trial was already going. There was stuff going I, on. I, I got caught. I was in New York. I, mm -hmm. didn't, I didn't pay too much attention to anything mm -hmm. back then. I, I probably watched the news a lot more than, now than I did back then. Yeah. Um, um, I got this call to come out and do a do a do a gig with the. Uh, do, do, do a gig with Michael Jackson, Bill Bottrell was producing. Mm -hmm. And I came out, set up the drum kit, and we got a really good drum sound together. And uh, and Michael sort of materialized next to the drum kit. And, and, uh, and I said, oh, oh, hi, how you doing? I said, nice to meet you, shook his hand. He said, yeah, he said, Steve, do you dance? And I said, are you asking? <laughs> <laughs> he said, no, it just feels so good to dance when you're playing. And then, um, did and you then, tell him that you were a dancer? Yeah, I said I used to tap dance. And then we, we went in and he played me this song, Earth Song. Mm -hmm. And he said he wanted electronic drums on it. And I said, well, why would you want electronic drums on a song called Earth Song? Mm -hmm. Wow. <laughs> and he said, well, I don't know, I just really feel like And I said, well, okay. I said, okay. They had a set there, they kicked there. And, mm -hmm. um, I said, well, the sin drums with the hard, hard surface, the old drums. I said, okay, look, I tell you what, I'll, I'll do it with that, but I got to do a pass with, with the real kit after. You know? And so he, he, uh, he said, well, all right, and then he disappeared off into the, into the studio, and me and Bill Bottrell went to work, mm -hmm. and uh, and we found the part and everything for the song where it started. Did all so you started on electronic drums? Yeah, mm -hmm. and I did, did the electronic drum things and then back, back then there was a lot of double triggering and stuff so we had to like fix the double triggering, fix all the part, got it all done and I made a phone call and waited and Michael showed up and he sat there and he listened to it. Yeah, 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 that's good, that's good. I said, I'm going to have to put, put the real drums on it now. And he said, well, there's no need to do that. And I said, stick, stick, wait, no. We had a deal, <laughs> right? You're not gonna, you're not gonna welch on a deal with me, right? You did not say that to Michael yeah. Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, "Well, okay, you right, don't do it." And I said, "Well, it won't take me long." He said, "Okay, do." So he left again, mm -hmm. and I went and put the real drums on it. Real drums, they have a way of moving air. They make, they make the speakers move. It moves air, and it sort of. Bill Bottrell got a great, really great drum sound on it. So it comes to make the phone call. Sit there and wait, he comes back again, he sit there. The drums kicked in and he jumped up and he started dancing. 
That's what real Germans are doing. That's what Earth Thumbs are doing. Wow, nice. Yeah. That's very nice. Yeah. And that's what I did on there. So, okay, so... So, so I mean, there's been all these people. I mean, George Harrison, uh, George Benson. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, there's all these great did, musicians. Did anybody... Were you starstruck with anyone that you got to play with that took, a, took your I was starstruck that? by a guy that I never got to play with and I really wish I had, and that was Marvin Gaye. <gasps> but we, I could say that, that we became friends. In a very short period of time, we were friends. Yeah. Yeah. He's the most incredible singer. I, if, if there was anybody that I could sing like, it'd be like Marvin Gaye. Just an incredible singer. Incredible guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so now, along this path, you're playing with all these incredible people. I'm sure your life is changing. You're making more and more money. You're having all this success. How is the drinking factoring into your life in this time? And and Pretty good. <laughs> and are, you, are you having fun for most of it? Oh, I was having a ball. Having yeah, a ball. Going to clubs in New York and going here and there and running around. Are you having kids yet? Yeah, no, when, when, well, when? I, towards the end of it, I get, yeah, towards the end of that, I started to have children. In 19, uh, 1980, I had my son, Jason. How, uh, when was that? 1980. 1980. So, so you're, still, you're still drinking and, and now you're... I'm still drinking and carousing around and then... Uh, um, That went on uh, for about another, another, well, another ten, no, no, in '93 I got sober. So in that 13 years, how many kids do you have in that period of time? I had uh, four. You had all four in that period while while you were drinking and oh yeah and crap. Yeah. yeah. Okay, <laughs> and and so and I got married four times. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I didn't know you married them all. Okay. No, I didn't marry the no, oh. no, not the wife, not the children, not the mothers of the children. I married. I married you married one. other outside, outside of the. Wait a minute! What? Outside, outside, outside of the, um, uh, outside of the, um, uh, 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 I had four marriages. Okay. I had children with one of those. Uh, women. One child. No, two children. Two children with one of those wives. One of those wives. And then there were and two other were women. Two other women that had. Uh, that's a lot of. Women. That's a lot of cohabitating right there in a short period of time. Um, uh, that, uh, that's that's the ones that I know about. Oh my god! Oh my god! Were you a blackout drunk? No. No. Although, well, no. I mean. Uh, my my memory is 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 hazy on 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 some things that people come up and say. Well, you said you'd never forget that that happened, and I and I forgot that that happened. But then, you know, yeah, but that could happen but, to anybody. But that's that's kind of like within the within the within. I mean, I kind of remember it happening, but not really. You know, other things. So so what caused you to stop drinking? What was your bottom? Why did you do that? Well, the, one of these. One did, of these did drinking ever get? I'm sorry. Did drinking ever get in the way of your of your work? No, did I, I didn't like playing. I didn't like playing. Uh, I so you waited until after. Right. Okay. I, I didn't mm -hmm. like playing. And if okay, if it if it got in the way of my work at all, mm -hmm. it would be that if I was out drinking at the China Club and it was a jam night and somebody mm -hmm. said, "Steve, do you want to play?" No, I'm drinking. Ah. Okay. So uh, it 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 cut off. I mean, I remember I remember, uh, uh, I went down. I went down. I went. I went to Spodiotis. I got into town, mm -hmm. and I went down to Spodiotis, mm -hmm. 
uh, to meet some friends and, and have a drink. And I walked in there and somebody said, come and play. And I went and played and I had a ball. And I thought, yeah, I wouldn't have done this if I'd, have been, if I'd started mm -hmm. drinking already. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. And I remember that registering. So uh, if it did get in the way, that was the way that it got in the way. But and not. those were such fun days when those jams would yeah. just happen. Yeah, it was great. But I, I mean, like I say, when, when, those, when those, those jams happened, mm -hmm. I, I mean, when when the China Club thing happened with Bowie, and uh, that was that was a, that was, <laughs> it was a, I had a girlfriend. She worked at Chrysalis Records, mm -hmm. and and and, uh, and and she called me up one day from work, and she said, "Do you, you remember this girl?" I forget her name. Do you remember this girl? She works in the office with me. I said, "She wants to talk to you." I said, "Okay." So she puts her on the phone with me. She says, "She says, what are you doing next? What are you doing next Wednesday?" And I said, "Nothing." I'm thinking, "Party, right?" <laughs> she said. Well, my boyfriend's got a band and the drummer can't make it, so can you make it? And I'm like stuck now because I've said that, yeah, I can't, yeah. So I had to go and do this. Because you already said you were available. And they were awful. It was like, the, it was a horrible band, you know, and I was recording with Bowie, the, uh, with the, um, the Labyrinth soundtrack. And Bowie, we'd taken sort of going out a couple of times and when I was working at Saturday Night Live and we'd go out Saturday Night Live and hang out at the parties and stuff. Uh, but he said, what are you doing tomorrow? What are you doing tomorrow night? I said, well, I'm playing, I'm actually, I can't go out tomorrow night. I'm going to play a gig. Oh, where are you playing? I'm playing with the China Club. And he said, he said, oh, great. I love it. I come up there. I said, no. And China Club was kind of there, but not really doing too much at that point. And, uh, and, uh, really? God, I it only was, know it is thriving. It, 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 was, it was there. I mean, it used to be, it used to be a pinball joint. Really? It just kind of opened up and it was in. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I, I, I go down there and, and I set up the drums and I set them on the, on the stage and I've got the cymbals sort of angled this way so that nobody can see me playing with this horrible <laughs> band. And, and then sitting there and, and I'm sitting there playing with this band and I look down to the hole through the cymbals and I see Bowie. <laughs> Looking like this. <laughs> and then he disappears and then he comes back and I see Winwood with him. Oh, God. <laughs> And I come up, come off the stage, and they go. Nile Rogers was there, and uh, uh, Carmine Rojas, a bunch of people. Hi, Carmine. And uh, and Bowie says, "Oh, come on, cheer up, let's jam." And I said, "Well, oh, well, oh, okay, that's brightened up. That, that'll brighten up my evening a little bit." To be yeah. that, you know. And he says, uh, "We need another guitarist." And he goes to the office and he calls up Ronnie Wood because he lived right across the street. Ronnie comes over with his guitar. China Club does the, the right thing, shut the doors and didn't let anybody in or anybody out, and we jam. And that made it into the uh, into the page, uh, six. page six the next yeah. day. Mm -hmm. They were lying around the block to get trying to get into the China Club. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was a promoter there later, yeah. but uh, but I saw many people do shit like that yeah. while uh, yeah. boy, those were crazy jams and that, there. It was, it was just a great. But so you guys were the ones that kicked off all that stuff for them. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But, uh, How I mean, many people were in the were in the club at the time? Oh, was it packed? A couple of hundred. No, no, not, not packed. Oh. Pack. Mm -hmm. it, you know, it, it was, but the the person from the from the post was there, so mm -hmm. that was that was enough. Yeah. Wow. So it was a, it was a, it was really cool, and so I mean, so there's there's been all these these things that that are sort of uh, I'm going to use a, a chick word. <laughs> 
serendipitous. No, <laughs> um, very serendipitous. Yeah. Okay, so so what happened with the drinking? Why 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 stop? Well, why why I stopped was because uh, well, with, with along with uh, with one of my with, with my daughter, I had a daughter uh, came came a lawsuit. I didn't find out about it until she was nine years old. Oh. And uh, and uh, she came with the lawsuit. And a paternity test, I gather. Yeah, they took the paternity yeah. test, and then there was all this stuff. Like going, we had to go back with some pools to Cleveland. There was, a, 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 you know, supplying bank accounts and doing this, and then people were saying, "Well, you know, you work with Clapton, you must have Clapton's money." Mm. Clapton's got millions. I'm a, I'm a high, I make good money, but I'm a high drum, you know. Right. And uh, and um, and so basically, that's uh, that kicked off like a, a good decade and a bit. That you know, mm -hmm. it was a, it was it was really really not 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 the best mm -hmm. time period for me. But when that started, I I could um, I would I would uh, I would drink and go out and forget about it. Mm -hmm. And 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 as 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 you know, what happens with that is is that you uh, you drink and you go out and you forget about it, and you, then when you sort but of wake up, but the problem up, doesn't go away. Probably gets, actually gets bigger. Yeah. And so it got so big mm. that I, I, I couldn't get enough booze or drugs for that matter inside mm. of me that I, that, um, that, that I didn't have to look at this massive pile of poo that was uh, you know, sitting there in my life. Mm -hmm. So I decided, um, I was out here and uh, 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 I decided that I was going to stop. Did, and, uh, so there was no like big, like there wasn't a bottom, I didn't have one, like a day that like, okay. That wasn't bottom enough. <laughs> no, but I mean, no, but, that, no, but that's, like, that's like ongoing thing, just pick a day and say, okay, no, I'm, I'm uh, done. It, it was, it was, uh, it was, I was out here and I was at my friend Nathan, Nathan East house and, uh, and, uh, and there I was there just sitting there getting loaded and, um, and well, I, I wasn't getting loaded mm -hmm. and I said to him, you know, it's not working for me. So, uh, I I don't even know why I'm doing this. I'm going to stop. And they said, "All right, right we'll stop right now. So we'll finish this first. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. And uh, and, uh, and that's what I did. And then, did uh, you go right to a meeting? <laughs> no, I went home. Okay. Uh, I went home. Uh, I went home to uh, uh, um, to New York, mm -hmm. and uh, I decided that that's what I was going to start. So my, my friends invited me out. And I said, well, and then I found out that a bunch of the barmen in in uh, in, uh, in in the China Cobra program. <laughs> <laughs> so they helped me. That's I could wonderful. still go and hang out in the clubs. Mm -hmm. And uh, and um, uh, so, uh, um, uh, but I was uh, I, I started to go uh, I started to go mad. Uh, I started to have nightmares and it was, I was detoxing. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't realize that I'd gone that far. Mm -hmm. And I thought. Um, shouldn't be happening to me mm. this is I'm I'm not like them <laughs> yeah <laughs> this is this is a, the, this shouldn't be happening to me and uh, and I had three weeks of a nightmare it was really bad mm -hmm. and uh, and uh, I guess if anything was my bottom that was because I, if um, uh, uh, you know I, I go to, uh, sometimes I go to uh, to uh, these um, rehabs and I talked to the inmates mm -hmm. of the, of the, uh, the rehabs, mm -hmm. and some of them actually looked like. Remember the old 
mafia torture where they take a telephone book and they beat you in the face with the telephone book and it would knock you senseless. <laughs> that's what they kind of, that's what they look like. And I guess maybe that's maybe what I look like. Oh. That's probably mm -hmm. where I got when I stopped mm -hmm. because I was just stunned at what was going on with mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. And uh, and uh, and so you did you didn't you didn't get any help. No, I probably could have used that. it. Mm -hmm. I could have. I probably could have used being put into a rehab. But, mm -hmm. um, uh, I, I, you did a cold I, turkey. I, I, yeah, and then uh, did, did you ever meet a guy named Steve Bruton? Steve Bruton. Steve Bruton. He uh, he wrote the music for Crazy Heart, mm -hmm. and uh, um, uh, we used to work together with Christine McVie, mm -hmm. and he uh, stopped for about four years. Mm -hmm. Stopped drinking for about. That's all I knew as far as just. I stopped thinking I'm not going to do that stuff, I'm not doing that anymore. And he would come and hang out with me. And, uh, and uh, he just called me up to see how I was doing, and I told him that I, was, uh, I, was, uh, I wasn't doing well. And was, I said everything was fucked, basically. Mm -hmm. I'd given up everything. What do you mean, given up everything? Everything. No more booze, no more. He said, well, uh, yeah, how's it going? <laughs> it's not good. It's not mm -hmm. good. And he said, uh, "You want to go to meet with me?" And I said, "I don't want to go there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go there." Yeah. And then he said, "Right, well, there we are." And he got on the plane in Austin, Texas, and he flew to New York. And he took me. He took me to my hospital. Wow. Yeah. And did you? Uh, was that? Did you? After you walked into the room for the first time, did you say, "Okay, this is this"? No, or, no, uh, <laughs> no. Uh, this is this is what I want to know. So, no. so what happened? Well, I, I I went to this meeting out of the goodness of my heart okay. <laughs> because he come all the way from from Texas. Yeah, gotta go. And I went in there and I heard a guy talking, mm -hmm. and I felt better. I felt better than I felt the past three weeks. Mm -hmm. I I don't know how that works. Mm -hmm. But that's what it does. Mm -hmm. And in there, this guy talking, I felt better. And so I wanted to go back. Mm -hmm. I went back, he left town. Mm -hmm. And I went and found a, I started to go up to Fireside then, mm -hmm. up in the YMCA. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then I, I did 90, 90 meetings in 90 days. And then I walked in there and uh, I was late coming from a session. And this woman looked at me and she went, <laughs> that was it, I was done. <laughs> done with that I ain't going back there anymore <laughs> and so what happened I stopped completely no meetings yeah but and this is this was a was it hard was it harder to stay sober not doing meetings or were you so didn't really notice mm -hmm. I, I didn't I didn't really I didn't really notice anything I, I mean I notice it now but but back then I didn't I didn't mm -hmm. really notice it I, I was just really pissed off I didn't want to I stayed in touch with the people that I liked mm -hmm. I didn't like, no, I'm not going to go back there anymore. And so what that's got just you good with excuses, any. Uh-huh. And so I, I, uh, 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 you know, okay, so when I first started playing with Tom, mm -hmm. I was I was drinking. Mm -hmm. And then the next time I went back to play with Tom, I'd stopped. Mm -hmm. and, uh, was anybody else sober in the band? Yes. Uh-huh. That helps. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and he was the only person that noticed. <laughs> <laughs> Noticed that I stopped, yeah. mm -hmm. and he uh, tortured him on the road, and, <laughs> you know, tried to take me to meetings, and I didn't want to go. And, uh, but I finally got around. I finally got around. To, I finally got around to doing it, and uh, and uh, 
And uh, yeah, my life is, looks a whole lot different now than what it, than what it did back then. Are you a different, okay, so let's talk about how it's changed you. Changed you as a father? Uh, I don't know. Um, Will you? Uh, you'd have to ask my kids that. Okay. Uh, it's, it, you know, it's kind of difficult it's kind of difficult for me to say how much I've changed mm -hmm. because I don't really notice that much of a change. My kids would notice a change. Mm -hmm. my, uh, um, the women my, in your my, life, my, I bet. My, my women in my mm -hmm. life, my ex-wife, mm -hmm. my ex-wife, my ex-wives, mm -hmm. uh, my my um, my uh, my family, mm -hmm. uh, my 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 mother, my mother. You know, uh, when when she passed away in uh, two thousand and eight, right before we did the uh, Super Bowl. And, uh, and uh, when I when I went back there and uh, and uh, she she used to she she was never I mean, never much of like a religious person my mother and uh, and I found these letters that she'd written uh, to God but they were sort of letters of complaint mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. why are you taking she had a couple of friends that died of cancer why did you do that why did you do this why did you do that she was complaining about that. and there was one letter one letter that, that was a letter of gratitude for me being sober. So I guess she noticed the difference. Mm. How 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 meaningful was it to your mother that the success that you had? Ah, uh, she loved it. She loved coming to shows. She loved the. She loved the. She loved seeing seeing the band. I'm just. Uh, she never got to see the Heartbreakers. I'm really sorry that she never got to see them. And so, what was it like playing the Super Bowl? That was uh, thrilling. A trip. That was thrilling. It was. It, it was actually. I I don't really get nervous, but that time I got. Really? And I started, I started hearing this name, and there's a billion people going to watch this. It was really important. <laughs> Some of these football teams, had their records or something, was, it, was something it, was a, it was like an interesting game and an interesting halftime show. And so it's going to be a billion people watching this thing. And I don't really, really think too much about it. I, I got my, this is my area here, my job. Right. It's all I have to really take care of, you know. But when you start hearing this number all the time, <laughs> and then it's like, oh, wait a minute. I screw this up. <laughs> <laughs> There's nowhere to hide. I'll never work again anywhere. Everybody you know. Everybody you know. And so I got a little bit. I was a little bit. Um, I got a little bit nervous, but I went and uh, I went into the. Uh, I actually did a bit of meditation, a bit of prayer. I, 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 there's something that I, before I play, I, I usually take a shower, and while I'm in there, I, I usually uh, I usually say a prayer for uh, for uh, a prayer of gratitude for the talents that I've been given. And, and uh, uh, just uh, let my talents really sort of uh, shine through for the people that have worked hard for the, paying their, paying their money for the tickets and <laughs> let me really be able to give the best show that I can possibly give. And that's, uh, that's what I do. And I, and I guess I drop money, I heard money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I guess I, I, do a, uh, I, I do a little meditation. My, uh, at that Super Bowl, my, my mother sort of came to me at the, in that meditation mm -hmm. and, uh, and she said, uh, this is fun. She said, this is fun, this is amazing. Aww. And I said, oh, wait a minute, yeah. So why am I worrying about this? I've been well rehearsed, I know exactly what I gotta do. Uh, what I gotta do is just do what we've been doing. We've been rehearsing all week, and everything was really tight. We knew exactly where we were gonna be. What we, they even, we even rehearsed them blowing up stuff next to us. You know, oh, really? They made us stand next to these pots, and then they let them off. <laughs> Okay, so now you, now you know what to expect. You know. so, so, that you don't, <laughs> so you don't freak out when yeah, the explosion starts? Yeah, they blew them up start. so that it didn't freak us out. So, so, so we knew exactly, exactly what we had to do, and I went back and, uh, and got ready, and we, we, we 
went out onto the field and we got up onto the stage and we were there and we were just getting that stuff together and my text got my drum, got my drums, got my stuff, got my earpiece. And I look over and I see Tom reach for his hand in his hand. He's <gasps> magic. Wow. And I say to him, hey Tom. He says, what? I said, this is fun. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, you know what, you're right. And then in my earpiece, here we go. Getting the count off, and then that, mm. that was it. We were in. Yeah, it's great, great Super Bowl halftime show, I thought. It certainly was. Yeah. That I, that's very humbling. That even Tom got nervous in that. Yeah, moment. he got nervous every show. He was. Did like, he really? He, he always thought that it was crazy not to get nervous. He mm. looked at me. And he'd see me sleeping. He'd come in and say, "I don't know how he does it." <laughs> <laughs> How's he doing that? He's just laying there sleeping. So well, there's a ton of questions. Okay. And you know, uh, Delson Ross, he's 17. He's been asking many questions, and he said he's going to watch this over and over again. But is, he, is he a drummer? Is Delson Well, he a said, what advice do you have for young and upcoming musicians? I'm 17, and I'm trying to find myself musically. Okay, well, you know, it's, it's, it's really hard for me to give advice to, 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 to you young guys out there and that, today because it's so different from when I, from when I started playing. You know, it was... Uh, How so? Well, I mean, okay, first thing, there was a lot more places to play. There sure were. Right? You, you could just go there and were play. There everywhere. Bars, clubs, you could just go and play. In a, I mean, now, 17 years old, they won't let you into a place that sells mm -hmm. alcohol to play. So what are you going to do? Right. I mean, there are some places that you can play, but, uh, you know, it, it, it really doesn't seem very fair to me, to, mm -hmm. to the musicians. But on yeah. the other hand, they can play and they can put it up on YouTube they can do and do too. all that stuff. But that it's not like being in front of no, people. It's, it's not, not the same. Isn't it? uh, look, uh, the other the other thing is is that uh, when I when I was when I was starting off, uh, people would do demos. So you go in the record company would pay for a band to go in and do a demo. So you go in and somebody would say, "Can you come and play on my demo?" Mm -hmm. So you go in there and you play on the demo and you probably do it for free. You didn't make any money. Mm -hmm. Just go have some fun with your friends and you go in there and you play on the demo. And then they take the demo, take it to the record company. The record company would like the song, they give it to a producer. The producer would listen to the demo and say, ah, I like the way the drummer's playing, I like the way the bass playing. We use those guys on the record because they already know the song. Wow. Right? And, and, uh, but now, that doesn't the record companies want finished product. You've got to have it done, you know? Mm -hmm. So, uh, and it's, uh, you know, where Okay, you wait, now, you're making this too bleak. It's not really, it's not really bleak. That's okay. the way that it used to be. Okay. Now today, you know what you have to do more than I know what you have to do. Mm -hmm. The one thing that you do have to do is that you have to play. Mm -hmm. You have to get your friends together. You have to play. You have to be creative and don't think about the money. Don't think about acting like a rock star. Be a rock star. Mm -hmm. You know, there's too many, uh, there's too many groups now. I look at them and it looks like they're playing dress up. You don't have to play dress up. Be you. Mm -hmm. Write music. Write meaningful songs like Petty did. Mm -hmm. Songs that touch people. Songs that mean something to you. And hopefully, you'll become a, mu a professional musician. And, and if, if you don't become a professional musician, keep playing anyways. It's did you practice mm -hmm. a lot? Did you play no. a lot? No. I played a lot. I didn't practice a lot. I played mm -hmm. a lot. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I practiced... If I had a problem doing motor skills, I'd sit down and figure out how to do that. Mm -hmm. But uh, 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 
I took, I, no, no, when I went to school, I did three years straight. The conservatory. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. When I went, I did three years of nothing but work, work, work. Working on, on was it screen. like that movie? What's that movie where? No. Uh, that, that, was, that was scary <laughs> as shit right there. Oh. He wouldn't have lasted a second. The moment that the moment that he threw a chair at me, he would have had a whole drum kit coming at him, and then me after it. <laughs> so it wasn't uh, like no. The only way that it was the, any way like Whiplash at all was that I played with this guitarist, his name is Jean-Claude Chanavar, and uh, uh, he lives in Paris, mm -hmm. and he played, he was a played at a residency in the Lido, and he played maybe four or five games of football a week, and he, had, he was a little Frenchman, for a mm -hmm. short Frenchman, mm -hmm. with great big legs from running playing football, mm -hmm. football player legs. And he would sit next, stand next to me and he would tap his foot and he was a stickler for tempo. And he would sit there for tempo and if I started to speed up, he'd kick me. <laughs> With those legs. And if you've ever been kicked by a football player. I mean, I know it doesn't look like much on the TV, but when those football players, you get kicked by a football player, they roll on the ground. It hurts. They, they really know how to kick. I mean, you see the goalkeeper. Well, football is soccer, by the way, over yeah, there. Yeah. So it's all legs. It's a lot of legs. Right. Yeah, there you go. Mm -hmm. When they kick a ball, when mm -hmm. they kick a ball, they kick a ball from a goal kick, from a dead ball, they kick a ball and they go like three quarters away down the field. Try and kick a ball three quarters, three quarters away down the field. I can't kick a ball across my living room. Um, <laughs> uh, but do we have, that's, that's, that's a great answer to but, that question. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, just, just keep playing, keep mm -hmm. playing music and, uh, and enjoy music and, uh, and, and... And having fun. Yeah. Having fun is so important. Uh, my life coach, I have a life coach, of course, he always says every conversation, have fun. Everything um, in life should be fun. Playing music, is, 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 I mean, I, I, I still have a lot of fun. I mean, <laughs> uh, uh, some people don't think it's that much fun sitting on a plane for 12 hours, right? I sit on a plane, for, I, I sat on a plane for 12 hours and gone to Italy, played one song, had a fantastic dinner and got on the plane and came back home. Stop! <laughs> what did you do that for? For a gig. They asked me to do it. Wow. But, you know, I mean, if you want to look at that, it's like, well, you're on a plane and going, well, wait a minute, I'm jet setting. I get on a plane, I fly to Italy, I play one song, I eat a fantastic <laughs> meal, they take me to the airport and I come back. I like it. And that's a good attitude. Yeah. That's great. That, I like it. I like it's it, a, lot. It, it pretty much rocks. But that's about everything in life, right? It's all the, the attitude we choose to have with yeah, it. Yeah, right? and how you want to perceive it. I mean, I, 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 uh, well, I, mean, I, I was in Japan uh, a week ago, mm -hmm. and next week I'm going to be in, in Brazil. So. Doesn't suck. Your life doesn't suck. Life does not suck. It does not. Mm -hmm. um, Pete, we have more questions? We do have questions. Uh, let me see. Um, how was touring with Dire Straits? Ah, uh, well, that's really cool. I mean, uh, Dire Straits music is not that hard. Mm. It's not that, that, it's not that difficult. Their songs aren't that hard. But Dire Straits music is involved. Mm. And they have like songs that are like, you know, 12 minutes long. The, 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 actual, the actual rotation of the song is not that difficult. The stuff mm. in the song that plays isn't that difficult. But... There's like stops and starts and loud and quiet and, mm. and, uh, and uh, leave this out and put that in. It's, it's very, very, it's very, very involved. And it's the kind of orchestral, it sort of flows backwards and forwards, a lot of piano, 
stuff. So you really got to have your wits about you when you when you're playing, mm. and um, and it's uh, it's really and Mark Knopfler's a, a great 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 guitarist and, mm. and, and, uh, and, a, and a great writer. Mm -hmm. it, it's a really interesting music interesting mm -hmm. music to play, mm -hmm. and people love it. I do. Yeah. Uh, Diego asks, talk a little bit about recording with Pat Metheny on Secret Story. Oh, that was that was that was really cool. That was a, uh, I got this call to go and do that. I got to say. That along with wildflowers is, uh, 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 but in the jazz in the jazz field, that's probably the most beautiful album that I've ever played on. It's a, a, just an incredible album. Pat Metheny, he's a, um, uh, uh, we we recorded in uh, Power, what was then Power Station mm -hmm. in uh, in New yeah. York, mm -hmm. and uh, um, uh, him and Steve Robbie were, 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 were the guys of the Taskmasters. Mm -hmm. They left me. They had, they had, they gave me some a couple of a couple of problems with songs that they they had they had it all recorded and they had it on the Synclavier so they had some program drums and stuff on there and some of the drums that they felt that they wanted it they wanted it to they wanted it to roar mm -hmm. they wanted it he said there was one song it was like it's in, uh, um, I forget what the, the title of the song was in seven eight and it, and he wanted to keep the bass drum had this ready because of bump to bump. So he wanted to keep that, but he wanted it, it had this little sort of bossing over beat on going under the programming, and he said, oh, "I want it to 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 roar, I want it to be bigger." There's a problem, a studio problem. So I said, "I tell you what, we'll just uh, shut everything down and uh, just send me the track, and I'm gonna play stuff. I don't know what I'm gonna play yet. Mm -hmm. uh, if uh, if you spot something that happens." Uh, Homing on it, I started to play this. Started to play these things and started to try and do these things. And then there was one I tried to play. There was one thing I tried to play, and I, and I lost my balance. And I, uh, went back. I played it all the way to the end. I walked in, and he said, "You did it. You did it. You did, one, you did it. One, one bar. You did it." And it was the bar where I almost fell off the drum. <laughs> <laughs> what were you able to duplicate it? Well, I had to. I, it was it was a question because there's the way that the pattern went. There was this this one area in there that both feet are off of the ground, so I had to really sort of find us. Uh, 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 and, and uh, literally, both feet were off the ground because you were falling. Yes, it's like a pretty. If you look at the feet when when I play it, it's very strange. But it, 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 uh, uh, I, 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 they gave me like fifteen minutes to work on the motor skills, and then and then, then I played it. But. Uh, um, I mean the whole album. I did. I did probably half of the album, and I split the album, and uh, uh, and um, and. But it, I listened to that album a lot. It's mm -hmm. Such a gorgeous album. Mm -hmm. It just holds up today. I think he spent a lot of money doing it. All the orchestral stuff and everything is just gorgeous. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful, beautiful album. Is there anything that you've done that you wish you hadn't like that? You you go like this, like I <laughs> like I wish I had, like what. Haven't played that kind of music, so that probably no. hasn't happened to you. Well, there's you know, there's one average white band. I was, I was saying there's one average white band album, not, not really over keen on mm -hmm. it's, it's called Cupid's in Fashion. And mm -hmm. I really like that album, so. yeah. I still don't like, I got a, I got a, they, they're, they're releasing a, a compilation album of average white band songs, nice. so they call it Gold or something like mm -hmm. that. And then they, they
they took some of the songs off and they put some of the songs from Cupid from Cupid and Fashion on there. And they said, you know, we feel we'll, the, the, uh, we feel that the, there needs to be some of these songs on this album, the record company. And, uh, and um, they said uh, um, there wasn't any before and I, I just wrote the email. That's because the album sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy wrote back in the, well, that seems to be the general consensus in the band, so like, none of us really like it. But, um, but they put it in there anyway. They're putting it in there anyway. It, it, it's part of our history. I guess we have to live with that. That's mm -hmm. the problem when you do a record that you don't really like. And you, if you don't really like it, you have to live with it for the rest of your life. And you got to keep playing it when you're still on the road. Yeah. Especially if it's a hit. If you have a hit with right. it, then you're stuck with it. I mean, uh, it's, uh, yeah, I mean we, we, we played... Uh, I don't think it was a show where we didn't play free for him with Tom Petty. I never got tired of playing that song. How could you? No. No. Yeah. I've been playing Pick Up The Pieces for years now. Mm -hmm. 40 years I've been playing Pick Up The Pieces. I'm not tired. I get tired of playing it. That's so great. But I can't even remember any of the songs on that album. Really? That one album. Well, so what are you playing now? What, 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 what's, what, what, are you going, what are you going out on the road with? Well, uh, I'm going to, to Brazil with, the, with, Dice, with Dice Drake's Legacy. And uh, we're going to go down there and uh, play some Dire Straits music. And some other, and, uh, uh, Trevor Horn is now playing in the band, the bass player in the band. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Trevor's got a hit record in, uh, in England at the moment. And so in July, I'm going to go and play with him in England, do some, do some gigs with him in England. And I just got a call today, and I'm absolutely thrilled. I'm absolutely thrilled. When you, when I, you, young, you young guys, you probably got like a huge a, a band that you're listening to that you're saying, man, if I could just play with this band, if, if I could just play with this man, I'd love to be able to play. I love the way that guy plays and I'd love to sit in his seat one day, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and uh, uh, I, got, uh, I got a call from Booker T. Booker yeah. T. Jones. Wow. To go and play some Booker T and MG's music. Nice. I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry Duck Dunn isn't still here. And, uh, Love Duck and um, and if you don't know who he is, look him up. Booker T. Jones and, uh, and you, Booker T. in the MGs. Yeah. There was a the, the band from the sixties that were just incredible. And young guys, and young guys, sometimes you don't know. When I mention some bands, you don't know who they are. So this is your chance to find out. That's what I used to listen to, and 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 my dream came true today. That I got a call. Uh, I got a call. Well, actually, yesterday Booker called me, and today his daughter called me, and we talked about doing this gig. I'm going to play it. I'm going to play the Hollywood Bowl with him in August. Yeah. Pete. Yeah. Pete. It's another one we're going. I think we're going. I yeah. think we're going. I yeah. think we got to go to that. Yeah. Um, any other questions? Um, yeah. Um, we've, we've been yakking a long. <laughs> we've been yakking a long time. Dreams do come true. So, someone wants to know if um, actually uh, Delson again, the 17 year old. He wants to know when and why that. did you fall in love with Gretsch drums, with Gretsch drums. Gretsch drums. When I was growing up, I uh, first thing one of the first things I asked when I was started playing the drums is, "What's the best drum kit? What's the best drum kit?" And most people that I asked said to me that Gretsch drums were the best drum kit. A lot of people were playing Ludwig at that time, mm -hmm. and so uh, 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 and I, I was getting to, I was getting to play. Uh, when I played in his, uh, Uncle Bonnie's Chinese Jazz Club, I, I got to play. I got to play on Keith Moon used to own a Ludwig kit. Wow! And it went, and then he switched to Premier. Mm -hmm. I played on both of his kits. Wow! I played. I played on on uh, the Searchers came down. Uh, uh, the
their drummer had a had a slingerland kit that was just incredible a, 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 a tricks uh, sorry a trickson a trickson kit and it wasn't one of those funny shaped ones with the, these are the ones that were like a cone and ones that are shaped like an egg it was just a regular trickson drum kit and it was beautiful it sounded great and i think trickson was what they called vox or became vox mm. and that's what james brown's band used to use mm -hmm. and, uh, and um, i've been looking for one of those drum kits for a while but um, what did um, Ringo? What did uh, Ringo use? He's Ludwig. He's a Ludwig guy. Um, and, uh, and Ludwig make really great, make really great drum kits. But when I, when I, when I started with Average White Band and mm -hmm. I started to have a choice of what I wanted to get, I got a Gretsch, I got a Gretsch kit, and uh, and they really do make spectacular sounding drums. At that point, they didn't have much of a distribution. Uh, that, uh, I was with them maybe 10, 10 years, something like that, uh, all the time with Average White Band and. They didn't have much of a distribution, uh, uh, an endorsement pro uh, program, and uh, and uh, I was traveling a lot, and I needed a I needed a drum kit. So uh, Jeff Beccaro, uh said to me, "Well, why don't you just you know put away your Gretches and use them for for recording, and uh, and uh, and I'll hook you up with Paul." So he hooked me up with Paul, and I spent twenty two years with Paul Drum Company, and they were just fantastic. Mm. Um, and when I started with the playing with the Heartbreakers. Uh, I was still using I was still using poles, but uh, I'd started to to uh, 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 Dinah Gretsch, Fred and Dinah Gretsch had, had bought back Gretsch drums, and uh, and uh, uh, they gave me a couple of kits and uh, just 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 to have because they said any drummer worth his salt has got a Gretsch drum kit, so I had these uh, Gretsch drum kits and I really enjoyed playing them and I had to make a, a decision. I thought you know I should really play what I want to play mm -hmm. and and. Um, I'm not saying anything bad about about Pearl at all, and they were just they were just fantastic, mm -hmm. fantastic people, and they made fantastic drums. It's just not Gretsch's. Gretsch's have got something really special to them. It's kind of like if you if you got a Ferrari and a Volkswagen buggy. <laughs> Volkswagen buggy. That's, that's a pretty well, big that's, difference. That's, that's a big, 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 big difference. <laughs> all right, I'm running through these, so I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw in a couple um, because my friend Mark Hochlerin, hi Mark, uh, drummer with Mazarin in New York. Did you know Mazarin? Mm -hmm. He said um, that uh, they did 200 shows a year in 77 to 87. Roger Nichols produced them. I Mazarin used to play for me at the Rock and Roll Cafe, and he uh -huh. said uh, your band was so kind and gracious to us, and you were an inspiration to him as a drummer. Um, big average white band fans, and uh, you're a hero. Somebody oh. else wants to know. Steve Wallenberg asks if uh, you love riding bicycles. Are you a bicycle rider? I used to be, yeah. And Steve, I'm in the Steve. Yeah, how you doing, man? He said he remembers his first ride. Do you remember your first ride on a real mountain bike? Yes, he took me on a ride. He used, oh, really? He used, to, he used to have a mountain bike company. Give me a, he to get all these fantastic mountain bikes, and we go and ride them up in the. In the can. I can't ride. I got arthritic yes. knee. I can't, they won't yes, let me ride a bike. Anymore. Ooh, getting old. Yeah. Will Schillinger. I swim. I swim. Oh. I, if you got a bike yeah. that swims, I'll swim. <laughs> <laughs> Will Schillinger said uh, he worked with you on many projects. Oh. That name? Does that name ring a bell for you? Mm, which one was that? Come on, Will. Refresh my memory. Will, tell us what projects that you worked with him on. Can you ask Steve what it's like to have a drum a drum tech that would take a bullet for you? <laughs> is, is, he, is he a drum that's tech? My, that's my drum tech. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's very cool. I don't know. I'll, I'll come over and fire one at you when I get home. Uh, Peg, yes. Uh, um, Pete's daughter is here. Hope is here with us. Um, I'm just running really quick to see. Um, hey, don't you want to know? You should know who that is. Well, it's, Peg. <laughs> it's, 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 
it's one of the women who write. I, oh, okay. I have a, it's, yeah. a woman, okay. It's, it's not it's, one of them guys. No, no. it's not one of no. them guys. It's, no. it's not one of them boys, right? It's not one of them boys. <laughs> um, Will. I'm sorry, um, I just slipped into dad mode. There, there, you, go, right? help myself. there you go. How, how old are your kids? Uh, okay, Jason's 38, Becky's 36, Whitney is 37. It's always the baby that gets yeah. screwed. Yeah. It's always, 24. I was the baby. 20, um, Delson, by the way, yes, this show He's will be, be permanently, um, it will be on Facebook. It'll also, I'll be posting it on YouTube tonight and you will be able to watch. He said he's going to watch it over and over mm. again. He's a cutie, this one. I hope he has great success. Um, you can't ask me about the, my, my grandchildren. Uh, let's hear about the grandchildren. Well, I can't, I, I, the, oh, I, no, the, I won't the, ask the you ages, ages or names. I won't names, ask, names I can do. You got the names? names Go ahead, you got them. Okay, we got, we got Nathan. How old? Oh, okay. Uh, where do they start? Don't ask who. No, Nathan's no. the oldest. Okay. Oldest <laughs> is good. <laughs> I'm going to start there. I'm going to try and work down, okay. but I'm not sure. Uh, we got Nathan, Chase. And Hunter, that's that's uh, uh, Whitney's voice. Okay. Right. Then I got um, Liam, Lennox, and Logan. That's 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 that's, uh, that's uh, 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 Rebecca's um, voice. Then only I, boys. Yeah. So six boys, right? And then uh, uh, Alex, my youngest son, he he has Ziggy, Ooh, who's, who's the youngest, my oh. youngest daughter, oh. granddaughter. Youngest granddaughter, new brand new. She's just coming up on a year. Oh, well, she just had a year. She just had a year, and then uh, and Zion, that's his boy, and my son uh, uh, Jason, he has uh, 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 Zanya. Uh, in, so you have two in New Zealand. Aww. Yeah, Zanya in New Zealand. Zanya <laughs> in New Zealand. I love it. I love the Ziggy, the Zion, the Z yeah. yeah, that's all really sweet. Um, are are you a, are you a Doting grandpa, do you? Do you do I you love do? my grandchildren. You know, it, uh, um, uh, it's funny when when you when you when you think in sobriety when you first when you okay, when you're out there and and then you, you get sober and you have all these ideas of what happy is. Mm -hmm. Happiness for me was being I could be James Bond, right? That I could run around the world, make love to all these beautiful women, none of whom would get pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> Martinis until I till I felt like it, you know. And if anybody crossed me, I could kill them, and nothing oh. would happen to me. <laughs> no police, no being no trouble with the police, nothing. No handcuffs. No. Now, the most important thing I have is my grandkids and my kids and my family that. and my and my girlfriend and uh, and my friends and uh, and uh, meetings. Yeah, meetings. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's the most important things to me I've had this wonderful life and and you know what I love playing music I, I really love, I'm, I've been delaying this knee replacement surgery I don't have to talk about that you know, in those I've been, I've been I've been delaying it because um, I, three to six months of not playing I'm not ready to do that yet so uh, I, take, I get a I get a wheelchair to go to the airports because I don't want to overstress the dang thing uh -huh. uh, I exercise by swimming I can swim I, I swam up to like four miles. And, uh, wow! Yeah. How often do you swim? About three times a week. Mm -hmm. And uh, and um, 
If you're on the road, do you? I do. I find, mm -hmm. find swim clubs. Mm -hmm. swim clubs. And uh, if I get in the zone with my with my with my earpiece in and listen to music, I just swim. I just swim. You can swim with music. Yeah, yeah. They, really? There's a there's a company that they take a, the mini iPod mini and mm -hmm. they waterproof it. I don't know what they shoot in there. They presume it's completely waterproof. And then you get headphones that are waterproof. You clip it onto the back of your goggles, stick the headphones in. Wow. Yeah. I'm liking that. It's well, great. I mean, you're just in there. Yeah, I was swimming. I was swimming the other day, and um, and uh, this this uh, um, teller you saw me from the Pat, that Pat Metheny album mm -hmm. came on uh, when I was when I was swimming. It was just gorgeous. And da -da, da -da, da -da, da -da. and then there's another song on there called Headed West, which is like the When I got out of the pool, I called Pat's manager and I said to him, I said, you know, you got to call Pat and tell him that I've been swimming. Mm -hmm. And uh, and uh, tell her you tell her tell her you saw me came on and it was just really great to swim to, but when uh, when Henny West comes on I don't know what the hell it's gonna I'll probably have a heart attack in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Well, I, I we we've been talking for two hours. Really? We've been talking for two hours. It's very and, enjoyable. And um. I hope we answered everybody's questions. Tom Petty, good. George Harrison, good. Yeah. Eric Clapton, good. I think, Duran Duran, good. We got all those people. Uh, Nile Rogers, good. I think that. Steve I, Winwood, good. I, I, I think we. Uh, Dan Stankers, so I'll see him when I get home. Yeah, I think we covered a lot of. Uh, yeah, I think. Uh, have some... you played at the Hollywood Bowl since your last show with the Heartbreakers? No, but uh, that's, that's, that's upcoming. It is? Yeah. Who are you playing there with? Uh, it's Booker T. Oh, with Booker T. Yeah. That's right. We'll be there. Pete yeah. and I will be there. Um, you were worth waiting for, Mr. Ferroni. And, um, and sorry that I, and sorry I missed it before. But I, you know what? I'm kind of glad there are no accidents. There are no mistakes. No. <clears throat> we would have had a very different kind of interview had you come the first day. It was looser because we've been playing right. on text since then. Uh, every time I, I gave, uh, Steve said to remind him a lot. So I started on day 11. Yeah. And every day I would send Steve a text and say, okay, it's day 11. So he would send me these gifts like, or, you know, things like, what? And then the other day I said, he Who's said, this? The, the, the other day he's like, I can't do that. And I'm like, what? He's like, no, I'm kidding. So anyway, it, but, but that, that sort of changed the dynamics so that today was able to be looser and more fun. Yeah, well, and I, so, I, I, really, I really enjoyed it. And, uh, and it's really nice to hear from young musicians that, that, that you know, that, that got questions about playing. Mm -hmm. And uh, keep it up, keep playing music. Music, you know, it, it really, it really is, it really is a great way to, to make it. It is a real job. Yeah. It is a real it job a real for, job. For, for, for a real. Thank you so much, thank Steve. You. And thank you, Pete. And hope, thank yeah, you thank for you. being here thank with us. Like kind of boring for you, but. Thank you so much for being there and for helping us. And Pete, thank you. So we didn't talk to you, Pete. Yeah. Pete, so yeah. what, what do you got, Pete? You got, you got anything? Nothing. I, you got? No. You game show was awesome last week. Pete hosted 18 game shows with some weird Big dress corporate person. event in, tech, in, uh, in Fort Worth. And the week before that, I did six shows at the comic strip in uh, El Paso. And it was amazing. There you go. Amazing. And Can I say hi to my Heartbreaker family? Will you please? Hi, Heartbreakers. How are you doing? Um, I miss you guys. Yeah. I really do. That's really, that's, yeah, that's really. Do they do they come out and see you doing other things and let themselves be known? Sometimes they do. Mm -hmm. Okay. Who's this calling me? Somebody uh, somebody's calling you. Uh, next week we'll be back with Josh Sussman. Josh uh, was a regular on Glee, 
and he was in uh, Tangerine, and uh, he's a fabulous actor. And he's a young actor who's young and kind of doing his thing. So it's nice to see young people doing their thing. Do you know Josh Sussman? I love Glee. Okay, there you go. Well, Josh, he's, he looks like Larry from, from the Three Stooges. He has this crazy hair. You have to uh, I'll show you. Um, but anyway, so yeah, we'll be back with Josh. We have incredible shows coming up. Uh, Rosalind Kind is going to be with us uh, in a couple weeks. And uh, I, I'm, I'm like totally, like amazing people are coming on the show. Jesus, no, so, 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 I know. All right, so we got to go. It's thank you so much all for being with us. Are you stuck with us through, through the whole thing? Thank so you. Thick and thick. Love you. <laughs> See you soon. Bye-bye.